Today FM. It's that time of the week again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dermot and Dave Show Best of Podcast. Aye, aye. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, sit up now. It's getting married next year. Is it next year or the year after? That's her engagement party. But you can you can you can control your own lives. You don't have to be hung over in an airport. The last time I was hung over in an airport in Stansted was because I had been at a gig that was selling liter pints. Okay, well, that's, they weren't saying liter pints; they were saying liters. <laughs> oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like they were selling beer in liter, liter, yeah, by yeah. the liter yeah. because they didn't want people queuing. So I had one, at least one of them. Does that affect the quality of the beer as you get? Yeah, it like, gets Because 568 milliliters obviously is a pint. Mm. So you have another 432 milliliters to go, which would be older than if you got a fresh pint. Yeah, it does. It gets flat. It gets pissy. Yeah, but you, well, also the risk then is that you drink it quicker because you're fairly giddy. And also because, and it happened to me at, at, a, at a Dublin gig where we got two and then got them, got to where we were going to stand for the gig. And my fellow was like, I have to go to the toilet hold the pints. So he went off to the loo and of course ran into someone he knew. So he was having the chats and I was standing there and my little <laughs> arms were starting to shake. Because so were they in? What were they in? Big glasses. Just big litre glasses yeah. like the German The German Yeah, like ones. a stein. Steins. Yeah. But no handles. So I was holding them and, I could, ah, and then someone on. was like, hey, is hold the pints, please. <laughs> please take them out of my hands. That's ludicrous. Yeah. But anyway, my point is this. You could control your own Yeah. Life. So you, you're predicting, right, that you're going to be hung over in an airport. But I'm saying that you can bypass this and not be hung over in the airport. Just not drink. But no, 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 not, not drink. But just not get to a drunk situation where you're then hung over in an airport. Because I can't imagine yeah. how bad it would be to be hung over in an airport where it's always too hot. You're stressed about travel. Why is yeah. it always so warm in an airport? Yeah, I think uh, you're right, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but. but I'm going over to visit so my friend from college, Deb, is getting married to a French man called Francois. Francois. And um, Deb is one of those people that just happens to be friends with my four best friends. Mm-hmm. My, me and my friends, that group, never get to go away together. So what's going to happen, like the last time we all went away together was 2018 and none of us sing and we all ended up in a karaoke <laughs> bar. And I rapped Kanye West Gold Digger to a full bar in London which had people of all persuasions there and I had to do my best to not say any oh, okay. words that I shouldn't. Yes. That's always a good And a good, I succeeded. Well done. Excellent whole crowd was, So, um, I just have, that's where, I don't have the fear of the airport. I have the fear that something like that will happen where it's like, we have this great night and then you just <laughs> you have to go giddy. to it. You get giddy, but like, I don't want to. I was in New York uh, with my wife, mm-hmm. but she, I wanted to go to a gig and she didn't want to go to the gig. So she said, I'll go drinking in the bar our friend owns and he'll just keep giving me drinks, which is obviously a great night. Yeah. And you go to the gig. I was like, fine. So went to the gig, went backstage because I knew the lads were doing the gig. And then just at the end of the night, there was a load of the lads, New York friends <clears throat> who were there. And some of them were African-American. All of them were into rap. Mm-hmm. And then my friend turns around and goes, hey, my friend Dave is a really good rapper and I was like you're not doing this to me no. in front of a bunch of people yeah. who are who are actually hip hop heads yeah. from New York two from Staten Island two from Queens two from Brooklyn and he's like Dave 
this route. And I was like, I don't know, you're fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys go ahead there. So anyway, we started this, it's called Cypher, where you just basically stand around and everybody raps and you Is join it like in. freestyle? Not, well, no. For not, in this case, it wasn't. It can be. But in this case, it was like, someone would do a beat with their feet in their hands whatever and people would rap famous songs okay, and you would kind of join in oh, the chorus. Oh, kind of like in Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect, the yeah. riff off. There you go. So then eventually it came around and it was they were all pointing to me and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I was like, okay, I'm in New York so I'm going to do Wu-Tang. Okay. So I picked my favourite Wu-Tang song, Triumph, and I went in for it and I went for RZA's verse and RZA has a slight you know those lisps that are like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So he's marked for the wooden soldier. Yeah, he's yeah. points called in hold us. I gotta do a real wrist impression. So I said, I'm gonna do the impression. I've made that decision. Do the impression. And then you know that thing you see in movies like that, where a load of lads are in it, and then when someone does something, they go, Oh yeah. and they all jump back. So this was happening as I was I was going, oh. I was now living my best life. I was yeah. making this bunch of hip hop heads go, Whoa, whatever, right? And then there's a line in it where it comes to the N-word. And I'm like, I never say it anyway, so I'm just doing my, you know, so whatever, and I tell them not one was sober, and I just skip over and keep going. And that made them completely lose their minds that I was able to do the rap, uh, stay on the beat, and not do the N-word. I was literally hoisted on people's shoulders. It was my uh, greatest hip-hop moment. You are That a, is the coolest thing I've ever heard. You're a modern-day rap icon. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely not the case. It was my worst fear, though, something like that happening. Yeah. Like, you do no. <laughs> no. No. You have to. You have to. I do. Know. Myself and Nikki can do 99 Problems. That's our party piece at karaoke. Together. We do on, kar- on 99 wow. Problems, yeah. Usually having ended up in a karaoke bar <laughs> at the very tail end of the night. Yeah, go on. No, that's, it's just the most terrifying thing. Uh, fun fact, Dermot Whedon loves karaoke. He, he adores karaoke. One of the best Today FM night, nights out I ever had. We were in Temple Bar for dinner. And then a rake of us got into a taxi and got a taxi from Temple Bar to Exchequer Street, which is uh, firstly a, like, like a three-minute walk. Not even a three-minute walk. And a, like a 25-minute drive because you have to go around the yeah, houses. And we got way. a seven-seater taxi. I think everyone else was several drinks in by the time we got there. I have no idea why we got a taxi. Nikki, my boyfriend, was had, had after-work pints, came down to say hello, having gone to Supermax, put a Supermax in his bag when he came in to say hello. We went to the karaoke bar. They gave us a booth, even though they were like, we're full, but okay, fine. Okay, There's fine. no for you. The booth was broken, so it only played You're So Vain. <laughs> so everyone just piled into the karaoke booth and sang You're So Vain. Over and over. Over and over again. I think I left after like the 10th iteration of it. <laughs> anyway, the next morning, uh, woke up and Nikki had stayed out and the Supermax was still in his bag. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I was so hungover, I said... Can I eat it? Can I eat some of it? And I didn't because I didn't want to get it. Yeah, you're probably better off. You drink responsibly, everyone listening yeah. to this podcast. Of course. Know the one that's one too many. Yeah. Visit drinkware.ie. Drink yeah. yeah. uh, right, enjoy the best of Dermot and Dave podcast. In here you will find all the best bits we did during the week. There's lots of things there like chatting to Daisy Edgar Jones. Uh, we chatted to Coolio. Uh, there's Say Stuff. There's Bad Jokes. There's Noni. Dermot Gavin was our hairdresser. We had the build up to the All-Ireland Final from Carl for the Kerry and Galway people. We met Finn. Or Finn? No, his name is Jeff. He lives in Finland. Yes, Jeff. Jeff the Finn, uh, who builds bomb shelters in Finland in apartments because apparently it's part of the rules. Anyway, there's so much. You're going to enjoy it all. Enjoy the podcast and uh, see you next time. Bye. Dennis, Dave, <laughs> Louise here. <laughs> Limerick supporter after a day in Cork Park yesterday. What an epic day. Can you please play the dreams, dreams song by Kat the Cranberries? As you can see, I left my voice in Cork Park again yesterday, but do you know what? It was worth it. One Limerick! <laughs> you absolute legend, please. Uh, to all the Limerick fans. 
Here you go, the Cranberries, Dreams, today FM. Brilliant. Bro, how are you, Mel? How are you getting on? Are you working? Yeah, it's not a she, it's a he. <laughs> Sorry, Mel. Are oh, you, devastated. Are you sweating? I'm sweating, 25 degrees. Japers, where are you? Carlo's going to be the hottest place you reckon today uh, That yeah, That's the yeah, one that might get up to 33 or something Well yeah it is warm alright but it's nice Okay well good you got the aircon on you got Today FM on everything's uh, fine Yeah, yeah everything's fine yeah, yeah. Did I stuff? hear the beeper thing going for the t-shirt um, Hasn't gone off yet actually <laughs> no, to be honest with you But you know what Sean said to me in the meeting today Mel right Yeah. He said that there's a plan for something to replace the t-shirts which means we've got to kind of do a bit of a stock clearance and get rid of what we have so do you know what you know what Mel you know what get in you can have one Mel well uh, that's all the only reason I texted it. Alright, see you later so, well, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't do that to, wouldn't do that to. okay, BLT Mel what do you think 550 quid Beavers love trees. Beavers love trees. <laughs> yeah, they certainly love chopping them down, all right? Do you ever remember that cartoon, Angry Beavers? Uh, no. So good. It's just not on anywhere. I can't even find it on YouTube, but I used to love Angry Beavers. Was it a dream? No, it's honestly, it's real. It's definitely real. Mel, we'll send you a t-shirt, but no money, I'm afraid. No worries, Dave. Thank all right, all the best. Good luck. Bye-bye. Philly. Philly's a Kenny man. How are you, Philly? Well, Dave, how are you going? <laughs> Sure, look at it. Isn't that Philly, it? how could that butter not go off on a day hey. a day like that for you? How was yesterday? Ah, uh, sure, look. Best team one day. Simple as like that. Seems to be the case. In fairness, a lot of resigned Kilkenny fans on the text line this morning just kind of going. Uh, you can't give out really, you know. Can't really. Some game. Yeah. Uh, our Sean was at the game, weren't you, Sean? Well, I was with my dad, yeah. What did you think? As a Clare man, obviously difficult to watch either team, well, either as a team win. As man, I was obviously hoping that we would be there because we were the, the closest team to Limerick this year up until Kilkenny hammered us. Uh, great game, great atmosphere, absolutely sweltering. So anybody who was sitting in the Cusick stand lower or Hill 16, I'd say is riddled with sunburn today because <laughs> the sun was just shining down on them throughout the whole 60 minutes. Right. Uh, Philly, where, where were you watching it? I was watching it at home with ourselves and the kids there in Kilkenny. A bit of a bit of a sad end to the game. Did it, did you go off, turn it off straight away as soon as the final whistle went? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even want to look at interviews. Or no, no, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, well, look, you got the T-shirt to hopefully brighten your day a little bit. The sunshine would also help, but five hundred and fifty quid would definitely help. What do you think BLT is? I thought it was bright lights twinkle. Bright lights twinkle. Sorry, Philly. Ah. Can't do with you. Oh, well, I have the T-shirt. Anyway. You do have the T-shirt. Have a nice day. Enjoy the sunshine. You too, Dave. All right, see you Thanks later. Much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Sean's in Newry. Hey, Sean. Well, on. How are things? Not bad at all. And you? Uh, well, it's the sun's shining. Um, just out of isolation. The girlfriend's just gone into isolation. Oh. So. so how are you feeling now? Are you okay? I feel great. I yeah. feel a little worse. A little worse. <laughs> okay, well, we wish her the best. What's her name? Uh, Grania Grania, we wish Grania the best uh, BLT, 550 euro, what do you think? Uh, we'll go for breaking local temperatures Breaking local temperatures Definitely going to do that today Breaking local temperature records all over the shop But it's not the right answer, Sean Listen, enjoy the newfound freedom You coincided it well with the sunshine And I hope Grania feels better soon Brilliant, cheers Alright, see you Sean, all the best, bye-bye 
Lots of reaction to talking to Jennifer there, uh, Jennifer Collins, about the uh, dental myths and the amount of redhead people who are getting in touch to say that anaesthetic doesn't work as well for them. Someone says, I found out about the anaesthetic as a redhead when they had to get, get me to count to ten twice to put me under. I woke up in the operating theatre. Luckily, the operation was finished, but I did get to see the panic on their faces when they realised I was awake. There's Leanne in Limerick. Up Limerick, Limerick about. Says, guys, I'm a redhead. I actually woke up while having my tonsils out. Thankfully, the surgery was done, but I was still on the operating table with my mouth pried open. Traumatised was an understatement. Um, and then people just talking about it as um, going to the dentist as well and struggling with the anaesthetic. We've got two redheads on the show in here. Um, I've mentioned it around Dr. Jen. We've got Emer and we've got Carl. Emer, have you ever noticed this? That anaesthetic is a bit difficult for you because you've got red hair? Or is it, I mean, as Jen said, it's not a myth, so it is true, but... Uh, no, and wish I didn't know it now, so that's great. <laughs> I've only, I had surgery once and yeah. I think I was just so awkward and embarrassed and upset about the whole situation that I might have just put myself to sleep. <laughs> just to avoid yeah. being, actually dealing with the reality. Yeah, I, I was, I, I, when I'm nervous, I make really bad jokes. I kept making really crappy jokes to all of the, the people who were looking after me and at that point I knew that they weren't buying into it, so I think I may have just gone asleep. <laughs> but... Now you know you can say to the anaesthetist, whatever situation mm. it is, that I'm a redhead, I'm going to need more. Give me the good stuff. Give me the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my plan. And well, I'm sorry to hear everybody with red hair is was struggling both in the uh, in the surgery scenario and also with the heat. Lots of redheads getting such going, I'm sweating. Yes. Yes. Uh, actually, Emery, you've worn shorts for the first time in your working career. I know! Like, seriously, round of applause. I also have a hot water bottle on my lap, but that's not Look, part of... this is part of Emery's makeup, you know? Hot and cold. It's like, I wear shorts and I have a lap blanket in the There's car. There's just a breeze in There's, the studio. It is. It's air conditioned in here, understandably so. Uh, don't, the balcony Sean's up there yet it's absolutely roasting yeah the upstairs is roasting like I was gladly for once stay in this air conditioned studio well currently in Dublin it is 26 degrees based on my unreliable phone app uh, and expected to get to 30 or 31 later wait but does, is that the 26 but feels like 46 <laughs> I was making yeah. your tea I had sweat rolling down my back feels like I'm sure everyone wants to hear yeah, that it doesn't say feels like on this one I've got a better app here I've got the Meteo Blue one hang on let's see Dublin Um come on Dublin here we go yes okay so it's currently it says 25 not 26 Feels like and feels like feels like thirty. Totally, Whoa. I'm see. Yeah, on the ball again. It was properly tropical. The hottest day in a century. This was a claim made by Alan from Carlo Weather yesterday that we might actually achieve that, and we did. We did. Fair play to us. Yeah, fair play. To us. Fair play to us for using all that plastic. <laughs> fair play to the us on there for letting the sun into us. Uh, but yeah, ridiculous. Whatever it was, thirty-three points. One or three point three or whatever it was, but like so hot. Although, am I alone in thinking this? Yesterday evening, it was kind of chilly. Was it? Do you think it was the comparison? Like, because I was sitting out eating my dinner uh, in my mum's house because I don't have a house at the moment. Anyway, long story, but it doesn't matter. But I was sitting out in the in the garden, yeah. and then all of a sudden it was like, I'd have to go in. Yeah, it got chilly at about seven o'clock, between seven and eight, and then I think what happened was. Just when everyone decided to go to bed, the weather decided, no, no, no. <laughs> so at about nine, half nine, it got roasting again. <laughs> it went back up. <laughs> it went back up. But it was also, like, it was the most Irish thing ever in the world. Like, we have the hottest day in a century. Yeah. And it still rained. I know. What? It's mad. I, when I went out to get my lunch after the show, right, I was on one side of the street at the shop. And I looked over at the other side of the street and it was raining and it was 
sun was shining where I was. There's exactly country. Uh, my family were down the beach. Uh, I wasn't on the beach because I was working and, you know, have a job and all the rest, but uh, they were having a great, great time at the beach yesterday. Uh, although I did go looking for them at one point, and I said to myself, sure, I'll just stroll to the beach and find them, which I do all the time if I'm late home from work or whatever, or they're down there in the evening time, whatever. Went down to the beach, and I, I just made this video, and I know you can't see what I can see in the video, but even listen to the sound of Port Marnock Beach yesterday. <laughs> Like, it was literally, there was not a patch of sand to be had on a two-mile-long stretch. Are you a beach man? Did you go down? I, well, I wanted to, but I was, then I rang my wife and was like, where are you? And she's like, you'll never find us. Okay. Like, you're better off just doing something else. So I didn't go down. Um, but they all went down and went swimming. Carl asked me today, would I go in swimming? The only time I'd go swimming or into the water would be if I had to rescue one of my children. Oh, really? That'd be it. Would you not be a sea-swimming guy? No. But you grew up on the coastline. Yeah, and I never went swimming when I was a child. I'm not going swimming now as an adult. Why? Because we live in Ireland and it's freezing. That's what makes the sea swimming in Ireland so much better, is no. that crisp, cold water. Not you come it. out and your body's in shock. Yeah, none of that appeals to me <laughs> whatsoever. They literally run ads on the radio telling you about cold water shock and how to avoid it. Yeah, Best way to avoid it, it, don't get in the water. <laughs> did you swim yesterday? I did. And actually, I had um, I went swimming yesterday evening about 7 o'clock, just when it was getting cold, uh, annoyingly. <laughs> But uh, to show how hot it got last night, so I came back at about 8 o'clock, half 8, and I made some food, and then I put my swimming togs that I'd just worn in the water mm-hmm. out on the clothes horse on the balcony. And I sat down and watched Love Island, and I came out at 10 o'clock, so 60 minutes later, and the shorts were bone dry again. <laughs> like, you could have put them back on going into bed. That's how dry they were. You can take the man out of Shannon, but you can't take the great drying out of his day. Oh, great drying. I dried two... Uh, loads of washing yesterday. So <laughs> anybody who had washing Sean really is knows. literally <laughs> excited about the fact that there was great dry out yesterday. <laughs> Fair, there was. What did you get up to? Let us know on 087 4100 If you did anything exciting as well or anything out of the ordinary, let us know. You can send us a voice note if you like. 087 4100 But listen to this. <laughs> sure, look at Isn't that it? I know you're all like, Dave, it's an hour early. What are you doing playing that music now? I know, I know, I know, I know. Right, but in Asher, look at isn't that it? The competition we play just after ten o'clock, where you identify missing words in a sentence, you can win money. Fine, everyone loves with the money, but you can also win exclusive, otherwise unavailable money can't buy Dermot and Dave merchandise. The Asher, look at isn't that it? T-shirt. Now, Sean Reedy, who's been talking to us this morning, who is our producer because Maria's gone on her maternity leave. Sean has come in with a bang. This is his new role. <laughs> And he said, that's it for the Dermot and Dave Asher look at Isn't That It t-shirts. Whatever we have left in the cupboard, and I'm not joking, it is a cupboard, that's it. When they're gone, they're gone. This is now, this has now become limited edition. Yeah. Dermot and Dave Asher look at Isn't That It t-shirts. Now, it's not that we would take something away from you and not replace it. We will get to the exciting replacement yeah. for the Asher look at Isn't That It t-shirts in the future. But for now, if you want to win and own a piece of radio history <laughs> very soon to be history Dermot and Dave Asher look at Isn't That It t-shirt Here, we're not just going to give it away during Asher look at Isn't That It which of course is, will still be given away there but we're going to do another giveaway all through the show all this week so if you want to win an Asher look at Isn't That It t-shirt sizes may be limited yeah, just terms to, and conditions please just be aware we do not have many sizes left but <laughs> If you want to win one, you got to keep your ears open for this. <laughs> sure, look at it. 
Isn't that it? That is the look at Isn't That It buzzer. It goes off during Asher look at Isn't That It every day and somebody wins a t-shirt. That will go off at another point in the show today. Or maybe several points in the show today. It will go off in the show today and when it does, randomly, then that is how you can win yourself these tickets. When that happens, text or WhatsApp Asher look at to 87 102 Seek your name and where you're from on that. Asher look at to 87 102 when you hear that sound and you will hear it between now and the end of the show and you'll be out in the sunshine in your bright yellow Dermot and Dave Asher look at isn't that a t-shirt you'll be the coolest guy or girl in town this chap who's just joined us in studio is a Grammy winner the man behind one of the most iconic songs of the 90s as well as one of the best theme tunes I think on television ever he's hanging around Ireland for the summer and he's here with Dermot and Dave good morning Coolio good morning Welcome to Dublin. Welcome to Ireland. I should say welcome back because you're here quite a lot. Yes, yes. What is it about Ireland that you like so much? Um, I just like the atmosphere. I like the people. I like the the way the city moves, and I like the the, the spirit of the city and the and the uh, what I want. What I want to say the. Uh, Aura of the city mm. as well. That's nice to hear. Yeah. Nice to get some positivity about yeah. uh, Dublin and Ireland. And did I see you? Did you pop up in Conor McGregor's pub one of the days? Yes, I did. And I did a little pop-up performance. Oh, yeah? What yeah. did you think of the Black Forge in? It was crazy. Yeah? It was, it was full <laughs> on. It was just like he is. Yeah. <laughs> full on, bro. Just, just <laughs> knock him out. Just a knock. It was a knockout. And when, when you rock up somewhere like that, do you expect to be asked to perform or are you just going to do it on the fly if it happens? Um, did I expect to perform? No, not at all. I did not. They had a guy in there. He was doing um, he was doing covers. And I ain't going to lie, while I'm sitting there, I was like, man, I hope they asked me to perform. I want to <laughs> get up there. He's killing it right now. I'd love to do something with him. Next thing I know, hey, Coolio, come on up. I was like, hey. I was there. I was already there. All right, straight in. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, Gangsta's Paradise is such a massive song in the kind of history of hip hop. It it did so much for hip hop at the time when it came out. Just hit it, a, just hit a billion views. That's on, what I'm saying. So it's coming back now. So it's got a billion views on YouTube, and you're about to hopefully cross a billion streams. Um, I, I should hit a billion streams. A billion streams. Definitely by the end of this month, if not sooner. That's so crazy. And what, amazingly crazy. Why do you think, looking back now with a bit of context and where hip-hop has gone and all that, why was that song, do you think, why has it captured people's hearts and imagination and stereos since 1995? I've thought about this. I think it's, it's the, the feel of the song. And at the time when it was released, it was perfect for the atmosphere of the world and the way that everything was going it was you know it was needed it was you know it's like everything has a balance of course you know that so um the world has a balance at the time when it was going on it was only these kind of songs and and then there was these kind of songs and but there was no binder Mm. for a lot of people gangster paradise was the first cd that parents ever let them buy um, it was the first, their first introduction to hip hop as well, and it was just, it was the perfect song because people took their the way they felt about life or the way they felt about the way things were going in their life, and it made them feel feel like, yeah, this this explains what I'm feeling right now. Yeah, because I think, like you said at the start, it was the it was the whole feel of the song because yeah. obviously Gangsta's Paradise was going to resonate lyrically with people who shared 
you know, maybe this, a similar scenario that you did right. as you grew up in Compton or whatever it was right. or across America, but you're not going to get a billion views, you're not going to get a billion streams if right. it's not an international song. And then, therefore, it needs to have something more than just those captivating lyrics, and, and it does. Well, people took the meaning of the song. Okay, so ori- my original meaning of the song actually means nothing. Right. I don't even remember <laughs> what I originally was feeling when the song came really? out. No. Think of the song as itself. It's its own entity. Okay, the so song was, it was in the, 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 for lack of a better word, let's say the biosphere. Mm-hmm. The song was in the, in the, in the biosphere and, and it was sitting there waiting for somebody, for a, a, a vessel through which it could come into the world. And it was just sitting there, it was like, nah, I don't like Snoop Dogg. <laughs> nah, I don't like Tupac. Nah, I don't like Biggie. I, I hate Wu-Tang. Who's that guy? <laughs> I like his hair. So oh, it shows you. I, I like his voice. I want him. And it came to me. And so when you heard it being played back on the studio speakers and you just, you know, finished the mix, and did you go Stone Cold Hit? No, Absolute? Or no, you I just, I was... I was like, this is tight. Was there anyone who we would know of who listened to it and thought either it was good or bad? Nah. No? Nah. I didn't, I didn't, especially back then, I didn't even know very many celebrities or people that were known. Yeah, this was early for you. Yeah. So, um, I played it for, I'll give give you for instance, I played it for, I played it for my sister. She was like, ah, why are you talking about all that hard stuff? You ain't even, you, you don't need to be talking about that. That part of your life is over. You need to be talking about something happy. I was like, shut up. <laughs> Click. Hung up on her. So then I, then I called the I called somebody from the, from the record company, from, from Tommy Boy Records. And he was like, yeah, yeah cool, that's cool. It'll, it'll make a good album cut. Ooh. I was like, a good album cut? I said, okay, cool. So a couple of days later, I called him back. I said, yeah, that album cut you was talking about? I said, so, uh, if it's out, I said, it's, I guess it's okay for me to use it for a soundtrack. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead. Well, mind, go ahead. So, I, I, this lady named uh, Kathy Green, she, mm-hmm. wanted, she heard the song instantly. It's like, oh, my God, I love this song. I need this. Oh, my God. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has this movie. It's tanking. We need something. We need something to wake the movie up, and this song is going to be perfect for it. I was like, yeah, okay. I was like, how much? <laughs> she was like, what do you want? I said, 100000 She was like, okay. What? <laughs> Best You're negotiation like, ever. I, I was like, for 500000 At the time, no one had ever received that kind of money for a sound. A song Not for a soundtrack. Yeah. It was the, was the first time. But you didn't know. I remember when that Michelle Pfeiffer movie came out. You, she was a teacher, wasn't she, in the inner city? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't know which was bigger, the film or the song? Because they kind of moved together in they, tandem, didn't they? The, the film made the song and the song made the film. Mm. Did she ever thank you for saving Dangerous Minds? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I never thanked her for helping Dangerous Mind become a billion seller. On a completely different note as well, you did the soundtrack to literally my favorite TV show of all time. I presume everybody remembers this. Everybody up there, go burn the tail. Your homeboys and girls, it's time for King to kill. Keep laughing in the afternoon, so don't touch that dial, don't leave the room. Does it always is something to front, and you don't want to miss it. It's double K like, do the big biggest. 
Keenan and Ken, I should have said Kelly Keenan, and you gotta watch Keenan, cause Keenan is seen with a plan or a plot to come with a knock, but they always in the middle, cause they always getting caught. This ain't a hardy boy, so I'm nice to be. It's just Keenan and Kelly, and you're sitting in the city, feeding more, you're having a castella. Magic get the wing more, then it's tell somebody's in trouble. Oh, here it goes. Nick, 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 yes, there's so many cultural moments that you're involved in like we we're talking about Dangerous Minds we're talking about Space Jam talking about Keenan and Kel you even made it into Futurama as Kwanzaa Bot remember? Oh, no yeah. child that's not a made up character it's Kwanzaa Bot <laughs> and I'm gonna tell y'all how we celebrate Kwanzaa Zoe Bird lay down a beat how about I just lie down? <laughs> <laughs> so good. I just did. I just did another one. Did you for the new Christmas special for okay, Futurama? Yeah, I just did it uh, about two weeks ago. Wow, the really it's corny. Somebody need to shoot him with a butter gun. Because <laughs> he's corny as, uh, corny as all get out. You know? Do you have yeah. a favorite MC at the moment from those younger people now in that generation? Who do you I like? I like Kendrick. Kendrick. I like Versatile. You like Versatile? I like Versatile. Dublin MCs. We were under armor. Me and the boys were under armor. We were under armor. Me and the boys were under armor. People want to know, how did you come across Versatile? How did they come across you? And how did you get together? I heard a couple of their songs. I was like, who is these great? These dudes is wow. I said, wow, I never heard. I've never heard anybody from Ireland rap in the Irish accent. Mm. The, all the uh, all the cats before that, they were trying to rap like Americans, mm. or they were trying to rap like cats from the UK. They embraced the Irish accent and started spitting, and I was happy about that. Their management reached out to me and was like, "Hey, they want to meet you," and they popped up at a show I did. I did a show at at the horse racing track. And will there be more music from you two? I just gave you a few bars. Of it. Mm. It's okay. from a song called Under "That." Armor. That yeah, that's from a song called uh, "Keep On Coming." How's your Irish Dublin hip hop accent? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coolio's up, man. I'm up. I'm up, and I'm live with uh, Dave and, and Dermot. That's it. And, and we're doing it. It's today FM. <laughs> knock, knock, knocking on the studio door, <laughs> mate. I think. Well, I would love to finish this if I could, Coolio. One more, Keen and Kel. Would you do that for us? Because it's just, it's the best. Let's, Let's do, do it one more time. Oh, uh, goes. Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Keen and Kel. 2022 is today FM. David McDermott. <laughs> Out there, go run and tell your homeboys and homegirls it's time for King and Kale to keep you laughing in the afternoon. So don't touch that dial, don't leave the room. Cause y'all was in something, no friend, and you don't want to miss it. It's double K like to the good players. King and Kale, I should have said, killing King and you gotta watch King cause King be seen with a plan or a plot. They're coming with a knot, but they always in the middle cause they always getting caught. This ain't a hardy boy, so I'm nice to Mr. B. It's just King and Kale and you're like sick feet and boy, you're Costello, Magic and Kareem, or Penn and Teller. Somebody's in trouble. Oh, here we go. Oh, Nick, 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 Nick,
listen to this text. Dave, if anything has come out of that brilliant Coolio interview, it's a reminder of how bad TV for kids or teens was in the 90s. Keenan and Cal was so awful, and don't talk to me about Saved by the Bell. This generation doesn't know how good they have it. Colin, can you block people's yeah, numbers? Because that person needs to never contact this radio station again. Keenan and Cal was one of the peaks of television. Can you not remember the emotion in the courtroom when Keenan said, no, so Cal said, <laughs> he put the screw in the tuna. Do you not remember? <laughs> Do I remember the drama of Saved by the Bell? Like, everything about Saved by the Bell was like the finest TV there ever was. AC Slater, what a man. Zach and Kelly, on-off romance. I mean, come on, Turtle. Like, there was so much... Listen, I can't even get into it. It was just incredible. Uh, so, no, I have to disagree. 90s TV was actually the peak of humanity, I think, is honest answer. The story. Today FM. Love this. Everybody's got at least one good story to tell. Definitely our next guest does. You'll know him from his hilarious sketches on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Basically, every social media site invented. He's also a very successful stand-up comedian. Shane Daniel Byrne will be on stage at the Paddy Power Comedy Festival in the Ivy Gardens from Thursday the 21st to Sunday, 24th of July. But before all that, he's come in to tell us the story. Hello, Shane. Good morning. How are things? Good. I didn't know we were going oh, already. This is it. We are live. Looking at my mobile phone, I do apologize. That's Good morning. Right. Don't worry. We spend most of the show looking at our phones. Yeah. Oh, uh, for work. <laughs> I mean, preparing. Of and course. Yeah, keeping yeah. an eye on abreast uh, of the current affairs, things w- like that. We are so excited. We're a little bit starstruck, actually, because we're big fans of your fake uh, morning TV show. Oh. G-U-T-F, get up to, you know what? F. We love it. I'm glad you do. I'm starstruck by you. I this is not to sound rude, but I remember seeing you on television when I was just a boy. <laughs> just a boy. So yeah, that's pointing at terms. By him. the way, I have never been on television, and I am far younger than he is. No, I've all, I never heard of you actually. No, so, I am. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm <laughs> and Dave Shane. That's my name. Dave and David. Dave. Oh, yeah. and Dave. Yeah. I see. My yeah. mom's called Anne as well. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, GUTF. It's getting a really nice response. It's getting a fun thing. It's well, jam packed. Well, full of stars. You've just encapsulated the sort of. Um, those types of shows that are a constant stream of 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 content, and the the presenters seem half interested at the best of times. They're so busy on those shows <laughs> that they try. Like I was on a show. I shouldn't say anything. What if I started it? <laughs> I was on a show once at some point in my sure, life, of course. And they like they're so busy. They frantically talk to people who who are not in the room. They talk through their microphones to people who are in different rooms. They're so busy and they've so many topics to cover. Like, it is amazing how how they do it. But sometimes it can feel a little bit like that. Yeah, they're just like not interested in what this person is saying. <laughs> and where did the idea come from to make this TV? Because it's all well and good to have an idea. Mm. And obviously people will know you from your Instagram and from your TikTok and from, you know, just doing yeah. content, staring into a phone yeah. and it being hilarious. We love it. But how did it come for you and Tony to to expand this into a shooting in an actual studio, we, proper lighting and great camera work and all that stuff. Well, Tony and I had talked ages ago, like over a year ago, about like something like, I said I like morning show. We both discovered that we both enjoy mm. a morning show, a magazine show. And then Tony was involved. They got a, you know, there was these grants at the end of COVID that you could do like something with. It was like the, the government gave money to do stuff with. So that's why we got a bit of a flashier set than we'd normally gotcha. have. <laughs> um, so that was built when we arrived and you have to worry about it. But yeah, it mainly comes from the brainchild of Tony Camwell. And then all the sketches though, all the scenes, everybody wrote very much collectively. So me, Justine Stafford, Michael Fry, Killian Sunderman, Art Nangolo, uh, Peter McGann, Emma Doran, 
what a bunch yeah a real fairness. good crew but yeah. everybody pitched in on each other so it wasn't kind of like this is my bit and on something really serious it was like really we shared it loads and and kind of did hot potato on top of each other's um, jokes and well, stuff, let's so have really a listen works. to a bit because we try and explain it to people as best we can but the, the proof's always in the pudding here's a clip of the amazing GUTF like most of our colleagues across media in Ireland today we woke to the shocking and exciting news that Wivany Walsh a nine year old from Dublin's Marino has been missing for the past 15 or 20 minutes. So it's believed that Wivney left her home sometime in those last few minutes and her whereabouts is unknown by anyone at the moment. I'm sure it's a very scary time for her family. Very terrifying. You know, it's a story set to sweep the nation and we're in on it straight away. We're sure with our help today, Wivney, Wivney has been found. Wivney Walsh, nine-year-old from Dublin's Arena, has been found safe and well. She was not in a well or any kind of hole. She was just at wow. Dublin Zoo. Um, her, she left on a minibus which was organised by the parish. Um, her uh, father, he had forgotten that that's where she was going. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant. And I love the whole collaborative part of it. And, you know, it was something that was always really dear to me on the Republic of Telly was the idea that you get loads of comics and get everybody working together. And, you you know, I, I just think that's it's something we don't tend to see very much of these days on regular telly. But now I'm just delighted that, that you guys are all getting together and creating brilliant content. Yeah, and I hope we can do something else again. Like, it is, like, those grants were helped. That grant was helpful, obviously. But hopefully we can do something together again that's a bit more high-spec than we normally do, like, your... Through looking like you said, looking at your phone, or like Tony Cantwell calls us all bedroom comedians. Yeah, but it's it, like, and for some reason it worked because we're all bedroom shy comedians going, oh, I'm crap, I'm terrible, I'm the worst, <laughs> everyone else is better than me. So comedians are also generally pathetic. What's the story? I feel weird about the story. I just feel like I generally just. <laughs> It just because I, I tend to talk about the pandemic, right? Because it was like, oh, you appeared in the pandemic at a, a star of COVID. People call us that. All those <laughs> COVID star. star. I, I think the star of COVID invented a vaccine. I think that would be a more suitable star. Anyway, but just at the start of COVID, basically, my life has often been plagued by mice. Everywhere I live, there seems to be mice. So we moved in. My boyfriend and I moved into our house literally the first week lockdown started. Oh, wow. So we had nothing. Uh, we didn't get a chance to go to Ikea or any of those nice things. So we had we were basically living out of boxes and getting things ready for months of the... It was our like project for the first lockdown, <laughs> move in. Um, but uh, I noticed under the bed there was the previous tenant's Domino's pizza um, sauce was there. So oh. I was like, okay, that's not pleasant. And then the first few nights, everything fine. And then suddenly you had little clickety clicks of my feet so I was like okay it's happening again I was like, <laughs> yeah, I've gone back to my teenage years and I was like right so I bought loads oh, of they followed you the house might have been empty but anyway so every now and then we'd hear this noise and you'd slam, slam your foot on the floor and it would stop or whatever but then I'd say this was like maybe our fifth night in the house in the middle of the night I woke up so you, it's a new house new room you don't know so it's not like you're familiar with it and I just hit Raymond was in the bed beside me and he just go <gasps> And I was like, what? and for some reason, being woken up with a shock, somebody is shocked. And I went instantly. I was like, there's a rat in the bed. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so I was like, but I couldn't. Well, you know, you went straight you know, to DEFCON rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight. It's a rat in the bed. It's a rat in my in my mouth. Like, it was like but you know when it's, you, already, it's already bitten him. Yeah, yeah. But you know he's, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Raymond's a gun. Can't save him. I'm on my own. I'm on my own. I'm single now. He's got rat rabies. I don't know what to do. Oh my god! I had so much going through my head all at once. 
But you know when you jump into cold water and you get that shock and you go, yeah. you can't breathe. Mm. That's what happened to me with the shock of being woken up by him in the panic. And then he couldn't speak and I was like, what? what? <laughs> like two grown adult men. You know the way, like in a straight relationship, you know, use our dads, right? So yeah. it's your job to deal with those to deal things. deal with those things, yeah. We don't have that luxury. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I am for all intents and purposes a girl, right? I, I feel like I relate to being a girl. And I'm like, girls shouldn't have to deal with this. So I was like, and the shock of having to be an adult and, and also a man for whatever yeah. reason suddenly. So I was like, he turned around, he was like, oh, and then I was like, what, what, what was it? I tried to say like, I was like, did you, I meant, I tried to say, did you see one? I was like, Easter, Easter. Basically, it's all I've got out. And then he got out. So I went, this was pitch dark as well. So I went to find the lamp, turn on the lamp. It's a new house. I'm not familiar with the thing. Smacked the lamp off onto the ground. Smashed the bulb, smashed all that kind of thing. And then, so when that happened, the two of us went, like, he, I think he was standing up on a bed, which isn't really possible when you're an adult. Like, your child can stand on a bed, but when you're an adult, you're kind of wobbling around. So he was standing wobbling around in his underwear. And I was like, and I was like, knock the thing. Then I tried to find my phone, knock that off as well. And went the whole thing. And then for some reason, whatever, the noise of the thing banging, the two of us spontaneously just went, like, screaming, like, but like screaming like, like war. Like, it was like, it was the two of us were just on top of the bed, they go, oh, oh, no, no words. We still hadn't spoken. This is about a minute into it. We still hadn't, neither of us got any words out of it. And, but it was the most blissful. I, I eventually managed to find the courage to go to the bed, turn on the, the big light, which also gay people don't use the big light very okay, often. Right. I managed to stumble out to find the thing and then I pulled back the, pulled back the, the little locker and there was, I've never been so happy to see a dead mouse because I was like, it's over. It's done. Okay. It's over. And I was like, he was still standing in the bed and I said, I was like, he's dead. He's dead. It was like, we, it's like we had killed an intruder man, yes. a yes. man with knives and guns. And the two of I was like, it's over. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And then we were awake for like an hour because of like, it was like a, a adrenaline. It was like, back to stand up when a good stand up goes really well, you're buzzing and when you come off totally. stage. I felt like that. I was like, let's buzz. I was like, come on, let's make tea. It was like, get up. We were up in the middle of the night. Then. <laughs> Shane Daniel Byrne, thank you so much for thank doing you. What's the story? The story. Today FM. <laughs> sure, look at Isn't that it? Oh, you're all fierce awake, all right. You heard the little Asher look at Isn't that it? Buzzer are giving away the now limited edition Dermot and Dave t shirts. Let's say hello to John Dynan, who's in Kildarri. Hello, John. Hello, Dave. How are you? John, you're getting a t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, see you later on. Bye, 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 bye. Uh, let's go to Tanya in Salons. Hi, Tanya. Hi, how are you? Tanya, you're getting a t-shirt. Well done. You. See you, Tanya. Bye. Uh, Michael Burks in County Waterford. Hello, Michael. Hello, how are you? Good, Michael. Guess what? Go on. You get a t-shirt. <laughs> See you later on, Michael. Bye. 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 Bye.
Drama Glinchy and Letter County County Donegal. You're also getting a t shirt. Yay! <laughs> Listen, keep your ears open. We will be giving away t shirts left, right, and center. Uh, because there are so many and they are now limited edition because we're going to be doing something else instead of the t-shirt so this is the last batch Dave's world Dave's world if we don't let him do it he gets ratty bad jokes edition I'm sure my parents like are very proud that what I was put on this earth to do is tell other people's jokes with gusto on on the national airwaves Pamela Joyce has joined us for hello today hi Um, I've decided that I need to Raise my standards a little bit. Oh, just because Dermot's not here. Yeah. So someone has oh, to so be. You there. Be, yeah. What about you your man the, over you there? The yeah. Downer with Actually, me. Actually, Carl's here. He's no crack. I forgot he can do that. <laughs> <laughs> no crack, Carl. No, no he's crack. he's actually his nickname is contractually obliged, Carl. Uh-huh. He has to laugh. Okay. Yeah, don't you're, laugh you're them afraid. all. Just don't laugh I at them all. I only no. laugh at the ones that are funny. I.e. awesome. Okay. And look, loads of them are about the weather, obviously, because the weather we had. Okay. Ian starting it off, and he says, "I was on my way to the beach yesterday, and I was rear-ended by an ice cream van." Suffering from Mr. Whippy Lash. <laughs> it's a good start. It's oh, a good start, Carl. Very good one. Jane says, Dave, you've got kids. You know the problem. It's so hot. I put on a DVD of Frozen for my kids, but what came on was Waterworld. Nah. Yeah, I don't like that one. Mike the farmer says, Dave, it's so hot. All my chickens laid hard boiled eggs. <laughs> Robbie says I know it's hot I know But the next person That asked me For a pineapple juice A cranberry juice And some lemonade With a slice of orange All in the same glass Is going to get a punch <laughs> oh, I got it I got it's it punch, I know I get them all Jenny says Oh I wish I was a celebrity Like Taylor Swift Or Scarlett Johansson Then this heat wave Wouldn't bother me Because I'd have so many fans <laughs> You just have her going now. It's so silly. <laughs> I'm still stuck on Mr. Whippy Lash. The residual laughter still comes from that one. Michaela says, Dave, if you have pet rabbits, make sure to take them inside in this heat. You don't want hot cross bunnies. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yes, 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 Pamela. <laughs> Pete says, due to the high cost of energy at the moment, my wife keeps turning off the air conditioning, regardless of the record-breaking temperatures. Not cool, Dave. Not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Mark says, I spent all day yesterday at the beach. Had to in this weather. There I was, just bobbing up and down the water. It's been my dream ever since I was a little boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Boy. boy. He he got it, but he's just, Yeah. yeah. I get him. Sheila is a proud wife. Ian has his what does, he, what does Ian have? It's happening. Right. You've broken her. She's lost her mind. Ian has the thing. Was it um, something wife alert or something? Beautiful, Beautiful wife alert. Yeah. Okay, proud yeah. wife alert. We okay. need for this one. Oh. Sheila says, "Hey Dave, my husband Justin made up this after watching a movie the other night. What do you call a prehistoric creature with an injury? A dinosaur." She's proud of her husband. Mm, oh, divorce. Sorry, Justin. Sorry. Divorce. <laughs> Barry says during my wife's labour the nurse came up to us and said have you guys thought about epidural anesthesia and I said thanks we've already picked a name (laughs) (laughs) Paula Joyce it's good you're here David directed a joke to you me he said well to me he said Dave will you let Pamela Joyce know for her new telly slot that I'm narrating a documentary on TV tonight called The History of Perfume it's on 8pm on Chanel number (laughs) 5 <laughs> I think you might like this one as well. Uh, Irene says, Irene always sends me jokes. Thank you, Irene. She says, um, Ladies, Tinder is the best app to find a husband. At least that's where I found all of yours. Yay! Yay! 
Damn. <laughs> Stephen says, my wife and I had a big argument last night. She called me gullible and financially irresponsible. <laughs> Wait until she reads this email I just got from Bill Gates telling me he wants to give me a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and finally on Dave's World Today, finally, finally, finally on Dave's World Today, you want to come with me on a journey. Okay? <laughs> this is from Colin. Three lads on the run from the guards. With the fuzz hot in their heels, they run into a barn. With nowhere else to hide, the three of them jump into some sacks. <laughs> the guardy kick in the door. They begin to search. We know you're in here. They kick the first sack. And the lad goes. Rawr, rawr, rawr. And they go, it's fine. It's just a sack of dogs. Move on. <laughs> they go to the next sack. <laughs> they give it a kick. The guy goes. Meow. It's fine. It's just a sack of cats. Move on to the next one. And the other fella's heard the other. He knows what to do. Kick the sack. And he says, Potatoes! <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but uh, I've been out the back garden with the... My top tip, by the way, for the summer, is to inflate your swimming pool, your paddling pool, with a hairdryer. You'll thank me later. But literally, doesn't say, don't mind your pumps, don't mind trying to blow it up with your lungs. Use the hairdryer, and away you go. It'll work. But how about... Not inflating the pool, actually building one to cool down. Michael Farrelly from Carna Cross is on the line now to explain the amazing way his family and friends have spent the heat wave. How are you, Michael? How are you doing? Not bad at all. Where are you, Carna Cross and Mead, is it? Yeah, we're changing it now. It's Costa del Sol and Carna Ross. <laughs> so come here. <laughs> Tell everybody what you've done because you've taken the kind of the surroundings that you're familiar with and you've turned it into something unbelievable. Yeah, we, we operate a small farm here, and uh, my nephew uh, came up with an idea. He said we should gather these bales, Eamon Whelan and Thomas Whelan, give him a hand. And we gathered up these bales. They're an eight, eight foot long by four foot yeah. uh, diameter. And uh, we put them together, <clears throat> and then we got uh, cubes of uh, water, and we put them on the outside of it to support it. And then we put plastic that you use to cover a silage fish into the centre of it. <laughs> and... Uh, we have as rainwater on the farm, and we filled it with water, and we have a swimming pool. Amazing! And how it's, deep uh, is it? It's it's four foot deep. Four foot deep, deep. Plenty we're, deep. We're looking at a plan maybe to try and make it five foot. We might have to put a little square bale on top or something, but right. the farm is room for improvement. Yeah, well, that's the thing. <laughs> so you now have your very own family swimming pool that you can all use in the hot weather when the rest of us are all sweating. Yes, and it's brilliant that we're getting great fun out of it. it it's, it's 40 foot long and it's 10 foot wide. So there's a good area to swim. God, there is. Um, yeah, we can get up there at 6 o'clock in the morning and go for a dash and then go off and, and do a bit of work and come back what? then at lunchtime. And <laughs> What's the water temperature like? Water temperature is very good because the pontine is black yeah. and it's attracting the heat. That's really so good. The temperature is very good. Yeah, no, we're very happy with it. Because that's the thing. I wouldn't be a fan of d- dipping into an L rainwater pool if it was like you know, f- like cold, <laughs> as cold as the ocean. But I'd get, no. I'd get into yours, Michael. Yeah, no, no, it's doing very good. Now we're very happy with. It. Now, unfortunately, we can't open it to the public with regulation and health and safety course, and everything. Of course, we, of we course. We have to keep it restricted. But we're very, very happy with it. We're getting great and fun out of it. Between yourself and the nephews and all bit, I mean, like, how many people would be able to get into it at one well, time? We, we, we probably had about uh, 40 in it last night at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amazing. Absolutely we had, brilliant. We had a game of volleyball in it last night, so we're very good. <laughs> and come here. So the, the stuff you use, as you said, that you traditionally would use to, to cover the silage or whatever, the black plastic stuff, that is obviously one huge sheet is it? 
It's a huge seat, yeah. It's 75 foot long and it's it's uh, 35 foot wide. My God. So it, it seals the walls and it, 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 it holds the water. Now, unfortunately, if this gets a hole, if it's burst at all, we're, yeah. we're, we're deflated very quick. Very quick, very quick. <laughs> well, the good thing as well is that people can go and see the pictures of this. So it's all over our social media. So if you go to At Today FM on Twitter, you go to At Today FM on Instagram, on Facebook, you can have a look. And you can see Michael's absolutely phenomenal pool. It is so big. I'm really impressed with the size, I have to say. Yeah, and we can't believe it. We just put a picture up on Facebook. We, 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 uh, a small little hotel down in Mona County Cabin, Killian's Lodge, and we put stuff up from time to time. And yeah. Jesus, I've never seen that like this. It's just, it's, it's just rocketing. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, a homemade pool made, made out of yeah. bales of hay is d- yeah. definitely not something you see every day of the week. But it is, I have to say, it is very well constructed. That's the thing about it. Like, it's not just a ramshackle thing. Like, it, like, it really does look like it would be, you know, it would withstand the 40 people that are in there playing volleyball yeah, last no, night. Uh, we've done the calculations on it. There's, there's over 20 tonne of water in it. So we had to have a good sturdy wall on it and have it yeah. well supported. And No, it's, it's, it's going very well. We're very happy with well, it. I think, Michael, what you need to do is you need to bring this down to the to the hotel, like you were saying, Killian's Lodge. Get like Bring it down there, get the regulations, get the licenses and have the swimming yeah, pool added to the hotel. Michael Farley, thanks so much for joining us and fair play to you for figuring out a way to enjoy the heat wave better than anybody else. Fair play, Michael. Not at all. Thanks for the call. Like, all the cheers. best. See you bye later. Bye, bye, bye. There's Michael Farley down in Carn across the county meet. they got to go see the pictures of it. Go check it out at Today FM on Twitter and Instagram and go and have a look and see it. It's absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> like, I'm sure everybody is familiar to their local Chinese, local takeaway, local Thai, whatever it is. They yeah. kind of, you walk in, they nod at you, whatever. I'm now on first name basis with all of the people who run the takeaways in Port Marnock. And the reason is that I don't have a kitchen. Why do you not have a kitchen, Dave? I don't have a kitchen because we're getting work done in the house. I started off with let's put new floors in. That was like that was a great idea, right? Okay, you know me, I can put floors in. This yeah. is my well, DIY a, love. Yeah, you're the DIY master. Absolutely. Your Instagram, you always have the one of those pants called the oh, Snickers, 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 Snickers pants yeah, on. Whatever they don't are. Know if you're doing anything, but you're always wearing them. <laughs> so it started off with that, and then it developed into loads of other things. Like, oh well, let's if we're going to do that, then let's move the wall. We've always talked about moving. Sure, let's do that. And then, well, if that happens, we might as well get the new kitchen. It's like, oh god. All right, so okay. we've been out of the house for two months. I don't know. It's, it's so difficult, but we're back in the house now, which is amazing. And thank okay. you very much to my mother who took us in, like me, like a teenager living back in my mommy's house. Uh, for about a month and then to Tracy's brother who is my brother-in-law obviously who was away on holidays and gave us his house while he was away that was also amazing but we're back in our house now but we've nothing like all upstairs is fine okay showers bedrooms it's all fine downstairs no kitchen no living room Nothing. Now, thankfully, the weather's so, so good. So, sorry, what do you have downstairs? Like, we is it have, easier to say what you have rather than what you don't have? Okay, we have two thirds of a floor is in because wow. I'm working, obviously, doing this job and then doing bits of the floor in between. The builder is like has done the kind of structural work. Okay, but then is waiting for the floor to be finished to bring in the kitchen. So are you doing the floor by yourself or is there actually a man doing the floor and then you're just telling people you're also doing the floor? No, I'm doing the floor except I because the floor is, is herringbone, which is a particular style of floor, it is very complicated. Okay. So I have drafted in experts to help me because I couldn't actually do it on my own. Uh, that's when they kind of go at an angle yes. and they meet in the middle. And they look oh, lovely, right? Classy. And when you're putting them down in a row, it's actually quite easy. But when you get to the edge and you yeah. have to start doing mats... 
and working out trigonometry and angles. And I'm like, this is okay, not for me. So enough. I've got the experts in for that as well. But anyway, the point of this is... Sounds lovely. It's going to be gorgeous when it's finished. <laughs> Just have a look at my Instagram, <laughs> at Dave Today FM. I'll be popping up. There's, there's bits and pieces up there. But I suppose the point is this. We have no... Because there's no kitchen, we have no fridge. Okay. We have no cooker. Okay. We have no dishwasher. We have no washing machine. We have no sink. We've no, so, like, we're washing plates and glasses and things in the bath. Like, it's terrible. Oh, you're, right? you're in a kid's movie. Yeah. But... We've done all the takeaways we can do. Like, we can't keep eating, like, you know, but we've no fridge, so you can't buy, like, meat okay, and yeah, then save it. You have to buy it and cook it at that moment, right? So, out the back, we have, depending on how messy the back is based on what the uh, builders are doing, sometimes we have access to a barbecue, but not all the time. Okay. But we always have access to a pizza oven, right? I have this Luna Fires pizza oven, and it runs on gas, so I can just fire it up. But we're all, and these are the words I never thought I'd say, Sick of pizza Yeah obviously Because, because <laughs> We've eaten so much pizza But it's very heavy as well After a certain amount of time And we've tried all Like usually like Everyone in my family Has their favourite pizza And what we do is We buy the bases Get the sauce Put on everyone's favourite toppings And then cook them in the pizza They're all homemade but not Except for not making the bases But you know what I mean Yeah uh, Home constructed But now everyone's tried everything. Everyone's tried barbecue chicken. Everyone's tried peppers and mascarpone. <laughs> everyone's tried prosciutto ham instead of normal yeah. or whatever. So we're all literally just sitting there going, there must be, and this is my question to the nation today, there must be something else you can cook in a 500 degree oven. So what what way does the pizza oven work? Like it's not one of those ones you put on top of a barbecue and that you put it in. It's it's a standalone one by itself. Standalone has three legs and a gas connection, and you go click a click, and the gas comes on, and you let it heat up for a while, and it has a stone in it, and obviously heats the stones. When you put the pizza in, it cooks from below and cooks from above. Pizzas are done literally in seconds. Like if you leave it in for a minute, it's going to be burnt. Like that's how hot it is, right? But I'm thinking, if I can get that oven up to that temperature to cook pizza in seconds. Can I cook meat in there? Can I cook steak? Can I cook vegetables? Is there... I mean... All my, all my family really want is pasta okay. but they can't have pasta because we can't boil, boil pasta anywhere because some of them have those hot plates on top of it that the heat goes up through and you can put something on top it doesn't no, have that it doesn't have that, doesn't have that it's literally just ah. the fire in the oven and the stone under, like you know that that's in the bottom of the oven so I'm thinking I have a cast iron like griddle pan that I okay. cook steak on normally yeah. right that could definitely survive in there I've got stainless steel uh, frying pans they could definitely survive yeah. in there Actually, I haven't checked if the big one will fit it'll probably fit uh, so I can put I know I could put things in Yeah. I just wonder if I put some meat in would it just be instantly burnt because it's too hot instead of being like 180 degrees it's 500 degrees I don't know it would probably have that kind of char grill chicken style yeah but you thing. don't want you don't want your chicken to be char grill on the outside and rare in the middle and pink you know? in the middle um so I look. I, I've obviously I've googled a few things and I've seen like chefs do like you yes. know. Here's my sugar snap pea recipe, whatever. Like, fine, that's great and all. Like, I know you can do the odd yeah. little thing, but has anyone ever cooked anything other than pizza in a pizza oven? Please, Jesus, help us. <laughs> has your beloved TikTok not given you the answer yet? No. That sound, seems like something you'd find out there. I thought so. And if you, because if you search pizza oven, obviously you get millions of pizzas. Yeah. I'm actually a member of a Facebook group 
about having a pizza oven. <laughs> but Dave, I, but, sorry, how is there a Facebook group for a pizza oven owners? <laughs> because people who love cooking their pizzas at home, honestly, they're so excited about this. I'll see if I can find the name. Cook a cooking pizza, don't put it on Facebook. No, hang on, let me see. If I'm in so many groups. What is it called? What is it called? I would hate called? to see what I'll, other groups are I'll in. find it, I'll find it, right? But basically, that, that pizza oven, pizza dough addicts is what Wait, it's called. did you not put in the pizza oven Facebook group? About what should I do with my pizza oven? But see, then they're so pure, they'll oh, kick me they, out. Oh, they'd be so. So angry. what they do is they they all like cook their or make their own dough, and they do they say things like, "Hey, 60 percent something around." I'm like, "What are these people doing?" They're like, you "Just buy them in duns for two quid." Anyway, I'm not I'm Typical not pizza dough good group. enough to be in that pizza dough group. But anyway, the point is, I need help. Please, somebody help me. What can you cook in <laughs> a pizza oven that isn't pizza? Any help at all? Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. If you've got any recipes, if you've tried it and you've succeeded, if you if you've got tips on what not to try, yeah, let me know because today I'm hoping the floor will be done enough by the time I finish this evening that I can actually move the fridge, which is currently behind a washing machine and a piano. And if I can move the fridge, I can plug it in, and then I can have things in my house like you know milk. Okay, well that's and good. Butter and meat and I can then cook things so if you have any tips 87 102 text whatsapp let me know I need help asking for your help today because I am struggling with the fact that uh, I have no kitchen and therefore I have no cooker and my family are sick of pizza and I have to say I am joining them so I'm asking if you got any tips on anything else you could cook in a pizza oven uh, thankfully lots of reaction from you guys on 87 102 Dave's been on Oh, hang on, you can't hear Dave, I can. Hi, Dave. Yeah, of course, man. You can cook anything you want in that pizza oven. Chicken skewers, lamb skewers. You can put the pasta in with them pots as well. The water will heat up. Do the pasta. You can do a chicken bake, pasta bakes. All the stuff. Come on. Use your imagination, buddy. Okay, so you, just, like, you reckon it's that easy that you can just do any of these things that you want? Well, I mean, like, I will absolutely give anything a go because, like I said, we've just gotten to the end of our we're, we're we're pizza saturated. We can't eat any more pizza. But it is an oven. It is an oven, I suppose. Yeah. Well, then I wouldn't know. But he said you can cook pasta in it. Yeah. I don't Dave, know. Uh, you missed the other part of the story. Dave didn't tell is he's part of a pizza oven group on Facebook, but he can't ask them for help because he'll get kicked out. Look, they say things like this, right? Uh, guys, I didn't achieve great bald rise or gluten formation in the bulk recipe. Total flour, 2300 Gs. Total hydration, 67%. 69 to 71 degrees Fahrenheit the entire process. Imagine me going, here lads, can you cook anything else except pizza? <laughs> like, immediately blocked out of the Facebook yeah, totally. group, in fairness. Not cool enough. Uh, okay, let's go to the phones. We've got Lucy on the phone. Hi, Lucy. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What am I going to do, Lucy? I'm starving. I don't want pizza. Well, when we didn't have a kitchen, we survived on a touring camper um, guest thing and I was able to do all our dinners on it. Okay, hang on. I never thought about that. Why didn't I think about that? All right, so you got a gas hob, effectively. Like a a camper one. Yeah, and we we were able to survive while we had no kitchen because we only had a press for a few months and I managed to cook all the dinners on the touring cooker. And Lucy, would you please tell me, like, were you getting your house done or did you come out the other side and now everything is okay? Oh, yeah, fine. (laughs) We we survived. I don't know if I can see the end, to be honest with you. It's gone on so long. Okay, that's a good idea, actually, Lucy. I didn't think of that. Yeah, you'd be able to do lovely stews and potatoes and, and veg on if you manage oh to survive. potatoes. Dreaming of potatoes. Okay, Lucy, that's good <laughs> advice. Thank you very much. 
you're very welcome. Right, go on, go on, legend. Uh, who else has been on? Uh, Leslie's saying the same thing. You need a small little camping stove, one or two rings. They have small gas cylinders under the rings, so you can at least use a saucepan and cook pasta. Might as do it in two stages, mine, but it's better than nothing. Uh, good luck with the oven. Char grilled everything, I think. She's out walking the dog in Ballycugger and Forestry in Killaloo in County Clare. And P.S. Woof from Harvey the Black Lab. You can make sourdough bread in the oven. Ah, come on. Like... I just said I'm sick of pizza. Yeah. Like I don't need any more like stodgy breads. Uh, you can cook meat, chicken, and lamb are delicious. Okay, but again, no one's giving me the recipes or the times. Like yeah. saying I can do it is fine, but like, how long am I putting in a lamb skewer for? Like five seconds, fifteen minutes? Will you let me know? Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. Or if you make a pasta bacon, there would it not come out all like that crispy, burnt, like yeah, stuck, to, stuck to the tray? It would have to because it's so now unless. Unless I just didn't use as much, because obviously you've got a you've got a knob on the side of the okay. pizza oven that controls the intensity of the flame, right? Yeah. And the way you cook the pizza is you leave it on for a f- like a good few minutes on absolutely full to heat the oven and to heat the stone, and then ah. it cooks in seconds. But maybe I could turn that down really low and then have more control because I, I imagine if you put in like dried, effectively raw pasta. Like it would be burnt in yeah, seconds burnt and be crisp. crispy. Yeah, which and it would be stuck to the bottom of the saucepan, and we all know what happens. I don't know. It's so annoying. Uh, Stephen Dublin says I've cooked chicken wings in mine. It's not gas though. Well, I suppose that doesn't matter. It's kind of the same thing. Uh, you can cook anything in the pizza oven. Dave, a spatchcock chicken is one of the best things. Marinate the chicken, turn it on the oven low, and cover the chicken at the start. See, this is what I need. This is the kind of recipes I'm looking for. Any more tips? 87 102 Drop us that. You can send us a voice note as well if you like. Morning Dave from a sunny Villa Moura in Portugal. This is the text. I've cooked homemade burgers and steak in my pizza oven. You just need a skillet. Great to have one of them, so definitely try that. Uh, microwave your food first and then brown it in the pizza oven, says Paul in Waterford. Didn't think of that. Thank you very much. A lot of people suggesting baked potatoes work really well in there. I'll definitely try that as well. And there's an app apparently with loads of recipes on it for cooking in a pizza oven. I am definitely going to get that. Although I don't think I'll be taking any advice from Des. I can in the days of uh, dinosaurs, we used to turn a Super Sir um, heater over on its back. That's a good idea. And do toast. We'd boil uh, eggs, um, drilled down in hangers, in a Borco boiler. And for the real uh, passionate foodie, we would uh, cook rashers in a bit of oil on a piece of lead with a blowtorch under it. <laughs> I think I might actually just stick with pizza after hearing all that. And also out of the local Chinese and the local Thai and the local chipper because I have no kitchen at the moment and I am struggling and I'm, I'm saying words that I never thought I'd say which is I am sick of pizza because the only thing I can cook at the moment is in my pizza oven my Luna pizza oven and I'm just I can't serve pizzas my family again they're not going to take it I don't want it but Gary O'Hanlon is executive chef in Condor in France hello Gary Dave how are you I'm I'm alright I'm chock full of pizza but other than that I'm alright uh, listen you are an amazing chef I've eaten your food before uh, and I don't expect to be able to recreate any of your dishes but please tell me <laughs> there's more I can do in a pizza oven than just pizza Absolutely. Well, the good news for you is my, my big boss here, Niall Carroll, had the exact same problem you had about a year and a half ago. Okay. He was, he was wrecking his kitchen and he was like, 
He goes, I know I like pizza, but you know, I think I've gone too far on the on the toe myself. You know, so I suppose the the key thing about a pizza oven is you you can treat it just like a very high powered oven, and just because it's called a pizza oven, if you take away the word pizza, in essence, it's just a very high temperature controlled environment, and okay. it's an oven. So anything that you have ever baked or roasted in a, in a in a regular oven, you can do the exact same. You can do the exact same thing um, in your pizza oven. Like baked potatoes is absolutely amazing in it. Like skewers, like where you have lamb skewers, yeah. or meat skewers, or any kind of a skewer like that. There, chicken kebab, absolutely amazing in Actually, a, in a Gary, pizza what, oven. One of the things I was worried about was if I tried chicken, for example, and I mean I don't mean a full chicken, although somebody did say around spatchcock chicken is a great thing, but is you know yeah. obviously you know overcooking the outside and undercooking the inside on a skewer would that just be wouldn't have to worry about that too much? You wouldn't have to worry about that too much with a skewer because it'll cook quite rapid. It, obviously, mm. whenever it comes to like a whole chicken, that's when you would get into trouble. A spatchcock chicken will be different because you break the back in it and it lays it out flat. The key thing is, is you're going to have different heat zones in a pizza oven, okay? Yeah. Like, so you're going to have extreme heat right close. I don't know now, is it a gas? It is a gas oven? one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So obviously you probably have one. Le- and, and is it gas, but also like with wood in there? And no, not, or is it just, no, it's yes, gas it's and gas. a stone. Um, so yeah. the, the pizza stone at the yeah. bottom. And then the, the gas flame is at the back and it lips out. You know, when you heat, it goes up on the top of the oven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of wrapping around this. So that's a wee bit more tricky in that sense, right? So the key thing there, though, is say if you're doing a baked potato, you just wrap it in tin foil and you have yeah. it as close to the opening as possible. So anything that's around the edges and anything that's near the actual door is going to be your friend. If you have casserole pots or anything that you make a stew in or you make a braised dish in, like say mm. like a shoulder of lamb, if you have something that's in liquid, again, you could put it in where it's just about inside the door, okay? And gotcha. maybe after 45 minutes, you would turn it a full rotation. So just in case there's too much heat coming to one side, but really, in essence, it's just it's just all about your positioning of the food, you know. But I'll tell you, like, little chicken satay skewers, if you buy some satay sauce, you yeah. put a few skewers in there, whether it be metal skewers. If you're going to use a wooden skewer, put them into water for about 10 minutes before you put the chicken on it. That'll stop them going on fire. It's a nice wee trick for the barbecue as Good well. Idea. If you wet the wood, it doesn't go on fire. Um, even even corn in the cob, you know what I mean. Like you put it in a pot, put it in the water, put a nice lid in it, seal it tight, and and like the water will will, will boil and simmer. You boil know, and boil away, any, yeah. Absolutely, like a shoulder of lamb, a leg of lamb. I mean, you don't want to be getting too funky, and I suppose not. Not everybody's like cooking legs and lamb and roast and whatever. Yeah. But the spatchcock, the spatchcock chicken is a great idea. Baked potatoes, skewers, even even if you put in a frying pan and you you have steak in it. Like if you have the frying pan in there and it's small, small, small bit of oil because you don't want it getting no, you don't want spitting. it catching on fire. Yeah. Yeah, no spitting, you know, like that'll be the thing, you know, but you just put a lid on your frying pan, you'll absolutely fry a steak as oh, well in there, you know okay. what I mean? And it's all, it's all, Dave, just trial and error. If you feel it's getting too noisy, bring it a wee bit back mm. and, and you work that way, you know, but it's a great tool actually to use for whatever, like whatever you're cooking, you well, know, that's apart the, I, from just pizza. I'm thinking baked potatoes, corn on the cob and a steak tonight sounds like the greatest <laughs> dinner that has ever been invented by a any, human any, any, any room at the table for a man that, that, that could be looking at feet if you, can, if you can make your way back from the condor in France you're more than welcome to join me Gary I can't guarantee it'll be well cooked who knows what it'll well, be like but... it's funny enough I'm having a steak night here for my guests on ah. tonight so there you go and what cut you know, we'll, we'll are you serving we'll up today <laughs> let's not do that Gary what, yeah, what will you serve up to them 
Uh, well, I'm actually going to keep steak off for the starter. I'm going to do a beautiful little uh, pig cheek with a mustard caviar, celeriac puree, um, and then some scorched shallot leaves and a little sherry vinegar jus. And then um, on the main course, I'm going to have a filet mignon au poivre, old school with the filet mignon. Yeah. And we're also going to have an option of a, a salt-fried sirloin, Johnstone sirloin steak Ooh. with a little uh, glazed portobello and a chasseur compost. Listen, and, you can, you can uh, say yeah. all the words you like, Gary. I'll be at home having <laughs> some kind of a steak out of the pizza oven and I'll be delighted with myself. Come here, you're yeah. very good to contact us, Gary. Really appreciate the advice. Great to get a pro's uh, take on it all. Much appreciated and enjoy La France. Alright, happy cooking, brother. Thanks, appreciate it, Gary. All the best. See you later. James says, Dave is doing a loop drive head. No, a loop head drive, even. With the kids, Maeve and Dawn, and we spotted a cargo ship sitting very high above the line. Uh, we can't remember what the line on the hull is called to show the load on the ship, if you get what we mean. We're thinking the Dave's World Guru will know. Yes, James, it's the Plimsoll line, which I know sounds funny, but that's what it's called. Uh, I think there's another name for it internationally, but definitely we know it as the Plimsoll line. Uh, so I hope that helps you. And yes, if you ever have any Dave's World uh, queries, you know where I am. Oh, I'm here on 87 102 or email Dermot and Dave at todayfm.com or get me on social media at Dave Today FM. Say stuff that suits the music. Say stuff that suits the music. Say stuff that suits the music. Okay, say stuff that suits the music time is where Dermot Whedon says things off the top of his head that suit Don't look. Keep dancing. Keep acting normal. There is an assassin up on the balcony with a sniper rifle pointed straight at your head. Keep dancing. Where are the... Don't look. Don't look. Just keep acting normal. Um, first of all, this is the Tomb Community College Debs, and there is no balcony. How did you get in here? Michael Jackson is back with a brand new track about James Bond. <laughs> That's James Bond in the car driving down the road killing everyone shoot him in the head got you got the car off the lip he better damn Billie Jean <laughs> James Bond James Bond <laughs> Welcome to Tokyo, Mr. Bond. We trust you had a pleasant flight. Well, actually, no, because the, the bags, I, uh, they overcharged me for the bags, first of all. And so then when we got there, they came out on the wrong baggage thing, you know. They were going around on another one. So it took us ages. And so then getting a taxi out to the, the hidden lair out here, geez, it cost a fortune. Are you sure you're James Bond? Uh, no, no, I was first cousin, Tony. Uh, yeah, no, no, James had a first communion, the nephew's communion, you know. He's tied up with that. Anyway, where's the jacks? Oh, James, do you have to go? I'm afraid I do, Moneypenny. Couldn't you just forget your orders for one day and stay here with me in bed? I wish I could, Moneypenny, but I've got to go to the nephew's communion. <laughs> So I had to send Tony, my first cousin, to Tokyo. God knows what he's doing over there. Now pay attention, 007. Must we really go through this all over again? 
Yes, please, Q. This is a new gadget. I've never used it before. Right, pay attention. This here is the colors wash. This is the whites wash. This is for silks. This is for wool wash. And this is a quick 30-minute wash. Is that clear, Bond? Yes, I think so, Q. And what's this here? Is it some kind of anti-ballistic missile laser-guided boom box? <laughs> no, James, that's the bloody microwave, and my Chinese is in it. Now, if you'll kindly step out of the way. Presenting the new James Bond theme, performed by... Pat Short. Two rushes, two rifles, two grenades, two bombs, two tanks, two <laughs> fried eggs. <laughs> this means nothing to James Bond, but it means a lot to breeders sitting down there. They're all wrapped up in the sausage and the rash on the pig. Says, I, I will in me hole. This morning, I want to have a chat to a lad called Jeff. Because look, Irish people, we're everywhere. We're all over the world. We're doing all sorts of different jobs. And Jeff McCarthy has a really, really interesting one. He's in Finland. In 2022, and he's building bomb shelters. Morning, Jeff. Morning, Dave. So, how's Finland in the summertime? Well, we just we just got over a really good heat wave there last week. We had a high of 31 degrees, and that, and now it's getting a bit more mild. It's like maybe low 20s, but it's nice. Yeah, see, the people Water I suppose have perceptions of what a country as far north as Finland might be in the summertime, and I definitely don't think 31 degrees is on anybody's mind, but uh, it's it's lovely in the summertime. It has that seasonal thing, doesn't it, where it's like really cold winters, really hot summers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the, the, the lake water like, is like lovely 21, 22 degrees Ooh, at the moment. So that's nice. Lovely, you know, and 100,000 lakes to choose from, so you're never far <laughs> from the water. Oh, wow. And what has you over there, Jeff? Sorry, oh, uh, well, I just moved here like tw- almost 20 years ago just for uh, just for a year, just to experience something different. Mm. And, uh, you know, I decided after six months I'd, I'd move wow. like, permanently. So I got a job, I got an apartment, and the rest is history. <laughs> well, we're glad you're still tuned into Today FM all those years later. And, oh, yeah. But listen, you messaged me on Instagram about something that I think is absolutely insane, which is to do with some Finnish law. Because you work in construction, so are you building bomb shelters in apartments in 2022? Uh, we're, well, I work in the, with a painting and plastering company, so our job is to spray paint the bomb shelters and paint the floors and uh, doors and stuff like that. Right. But uh, basically every, every say we call them kerastalo, so it's like a layered uh, house. But yeah. like, uh, like a block of flats, every one of them has to have a bomb shelter built into the basement, either underground or above ground, but then it's reinforced with concrete and it has like a scape hatch and has uh, you know steel doors. Uh, okay, I'll just slow down for a second because I really want to get into the detail of this. This is insane. So presumably this came out of something like World War Two when you know when bombings were a thing from from you know air forces. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, after after Second World War, I'm not sure exactly what year, but it was after the Second World War that Finnish government made it law that every 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 apartment block has to have this, and if it doesn't. Then there's a maybe a school nearby or a shop or a shopping centre that has right. to have a bomb shelter that will take in a lot of the local population. Okay, so they're kind of communal bomb shelters, and just yeah. so they'll be able to just kind of protect everybody in 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 a time of drama and uh, and peril. They can all run to a bomb shelter, be that either in the building or nearby. 
Yeah, and like some of the bigger ones can house like six, seven thousand people and turn them into like one of the fifty oh. meter Olympic this Olympic size swimming pool and the one in top of the Riley. Jeff, you can't you can't just throw in fifty meter swimming pool and move on in the conversation. Hang on a second. So there's a bomb shelter somewhere that is big and has it been repurposed as a swimming pool or swimming pool part of the facilities? Uh, well, basically, like, when they developed the, the basically dig down through the, 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 the rock, the bedrock, and the, the one in my city where I live, it's about 30 metres below ground, and it's a swimming pool, so basically there's just an elevator shaft on the top. So there's nothing, there's yeah. no building, it's just a sha- an elevator shaft. You right. step in down 30 metres, and then there's a swimming pool and a gymnasium, and you use your bus card. So your bus card, you know, you top it up, say, 40 euros every yeah, month. yeah. You go in, you just scan that, like, and you have full access then to the facilities for, like, probably about four or five euro. And they said that within 72 hours, you can drain the pool and it can be, you know, fully functioning bomb shelter. Okay, with I get right it, there. I get it, I get it. Okay, so it's it's not that it is a bomb shelter that has a swimming pool. It's that the swimming pool can be turned into the place where thousands of people can go for safety. Yeah, because, like, the swimming pool has been there probably, say, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. And obviously, they never had to use it as a bomb shelter. So mm. they they repurpose them as like uh, like some of the underground car parks, uh, gymnasiums. Uh, there's a place we do like uh, karate, taekwondo, jujitsu, boxing, and people pay money obviously to use the facilities. So that keeps the the maintenance of it. Like you know, gotcha. the city does not pay for everything, and uh, like they have like some of the buildings they said they can hold like a hundred kiloton. TNT or something, you know, like so. Huge, so okay, so there's nothing huge, getting through, basically. Nothing getting through, yeah, and because there's so much like this, the, the, the granite rock, whatever it is here, like it's so deep, it's so strong, so you know. And the, the entrance is that you drive in, they're kind of arched. So if there is an explosion outside, that the the arch will prevent the doors and say blown out. It kind of slows down the explosion and all. To really think about it, like you know. That is phenomenal. I mean, like we're yeah. we're struggling to build houses for enough people in Ireland at the moment, and these lads are able to build what everyone needs, and then add in these super construction bomb shelters on top of them that can be repurposed as swimming pools and gyms and car parks. It's phenomenal, and it's, they're they're so expensive to build. Like and like you know, the mind boggles when you dig a hole and then you have to build the mold and then you pour in the concrete on top of the steel and everything and. Then they're usually used for storing your bicycle, your skis, you know, some old clothes and boxes. So the bomb shelter is used as, a, as your storage. Okay, you know, so, it, so, you, so you're now talking about kind of the smaller scale ones that would be either in individual homes or in yeah. these, uh, as you said, what was it, stacked home, you said, or whatever, apartment blocks. Yeah, so, apartment blocks, yeah. So, yeah, so you'd have enough room in there for every resident that lives in the block to go in, but because there's no well, never no likelihood, but a very low likelihood yeah. of needing to use it. It can now be used, as you said, bikes, swimming clothes, whatever yeah, you like so whatever you'd usually store around in a in a in a communal kind of shelter area. Yeah, so the last thing like we uh, we paint the floor and paint the walls, um, paint the emergency hatch door and all that. These guys come in and they build these little cages, like chicken wire cages or sometimes they're a bit stronger. And every apartment has its own little mm. cage mm. and they put in their stuff. But again, like they said within like 24 hours in the smaller ones they can just rip out the cages and uh, they have like drainage for toilets they put these little tents and they have like 50 50 odd uh, buckets of water that they can fill up and you know it could just be and that food like for a few days and right. you know so it's basically get you through the through the worst bit at the start the and yeah well and I mean let's hope yeah. let's hope the Finns never have to use them but my god what a great idea 
Yeah, and I think it was, uh, I read it there as well, like uh, when, when I was talking, I texted you earlier, like so there's about 500 shelters in Helsinki which can take 100% of the nighttime population and 65, 65% of the, the daytime population right. in Helsinki cannot use these bomb shelters, you know. That's unreal. And like we said, hopefully never get to, never need to use them, but the fact that they're there yeah. as a facility. Um, and your job, as you said, then is plastering and painting the floors and the walls. And do you do the other bits of the apartment or just the bomb shelter bits? No, no, we do we do the whole lot, like whole inside, lot. outside, everything. Yeah, and I've been, I've been like, you're talking about uh, like building stuff. I've been doing this job here for almost 18 years and haven't been out of work a week. Wow. It's that much, like, there's no possibility here, like, you know. Yeah. And it reminds yeah. me a little bit of, you know, the seed, doomsday seed vault in Norway. I presume you guys must have heard yeah, about that. So heard that, yeah. it's Svalbard, it's called. So it's basically a global seed vault where they've taken, uh, you know, little seeds of every, well, not every, presumably not every single tree, but most of the trees and bushes and shrubs in the world. And they've put them in this kind of remote Norwegian Arctic island in an underground thing so that if anything does go wrong globally that at least we will have you know the chance to replant the trees yeah. from each area that's phenomenal but it looks like the Finns are doing that for the people so in if there's some kind of global catastrophe I would expect there to be Finnish people and trees <laughs> and that's something Finland has plenty of as well like, you know yeah, like trees everywhere uh, Jeff, yeah. that is honestly really, really fascinating. Thanks so much for sharing all that today. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, how, do you, how do you say good luck to you in Finnish? Uh, well, I'd say like Nahadan. So see ya. See ya, Nahadan. Well, Nahadan. Nahadan Perfect, to yeah. you, Jeff. Fair play to you. Thanks all for coming right, on. Take care. Good luck. No see ya. Bye bye. Earlier on the show, we were talking to Jeff from Finland who was building bomb shelters. Uh, all through Finland, that's his job and uh, we thought, you know, that was the only place they were doing it. Apparently not. Claire is on holidays at the moment in Garrettstown in Cork. Hi Claire. Hey Dave, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Uh, absolutely fantastic looking out at the beach in Garrettstown and it's gorgeous. Wow, and what a week to go on holidays, Claire. Oh, listen, we're borrowing a house from a friend and I'd say she's got it. Absolutely got it. <laughs> Come here, you've had experience in these bomb shelters. Where did you spot them? Uh, we lived in Singapore for many years and all the apartments had bomb shelters. Um, most of them were used for storage and there was all sorts of shite inside it. Mm. But uh, they all had uh, bomb shelters, especially the high-rise ones. I don't know, it's something to do with the code that if they collapsed or something or God knows... And now we're in Switzerland, and every house up until the 1980s had to have a bomb shelter. Right. And, um, yeah, and when you arrive and you do your induction for your permit, they hand you a packet of iodine tablets in case there's a nuclear disaster. Well, we remember when we got sent them in Ireland as well, Mary Harney sent us all out iodine tablets. I don't know where mine are. I don't think anybody knows where theirs are, but they've probably gone off at this stage. But, yeah, I suppose, look, it's one of those things where, in some ways, you kind of you listen to that and you kind of go... I'm jealous of the Finns and the people in Singapore and the people in Switzerland. But then you also realise, well, the reason we never had to do it was probably because we weren't that much in danger of being bombed, which maybe is a good thing. But So you've lived all around the world as well, Claire. Yeah, um, I did uh, bits and pieces here and there, mainly Singapore. Uh, we spent a year in Cambridge, which was amazing. And I spent four or five months in Japan, which was absolutely insane. Amazing place altogether. And now you're in Switzerland. Um, now we're in Switzerland, yeah. Now we're in Switzerland, we're and living in Bern. 
Usually this question will like will be the obvious because you've decided to live in Bern. That's why you're there. You must love it. But is there, was there a place on your travels? Was there one spot? I mean, you, you sound so passionate about Japan. Was there one place you went, ooh, that would have been great to live there forever? Uh, New Zealand. New Zealand, right. Oh, man. Uh, un- unbelievable. We went to New Zealand a few times down through the years. And uh, the ambassador out there at the moment, uh, uh, Peter Ryan, a very good friend of ours, but it, and I'm kicking myself that even if I can move there while we were living in <laughs> He would have gone maybe living, for a long term. Oh, we would have gone there long term. Uh, but um, New Zealand is absolutely amazing. The people are lovely. The food is fantastic. The weather is fabulous. And now the we can say that we beat them amazing. in rugby as well, so they're absolutely yeah, super absolutely. sound. Claire, come here. You're so good to talk to us. Enjoy your holidays in Guardstown, and uh, we'll talk soon. And, and for the easy six. Nissan X Trail, absolutely bloody amazing in the winter, especially. <laughs> okay, I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Thanks, Claire. Bye. Good easy, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Phil is Uncle Kenny. How are you, Phil? David Moore, how are you? I'm very well, and yourself? Not too bad now, I thought. I feel like I should call you by your full name. Philip what? <laughs> Dwyer. Philip Dwyer, how are you, sir? I'm good, Alan. You, yeah, good. You're working away. What are you up to? In the van here. In the very van. What do you got? What do you got in the van? Where, where's it going? What are you doing? All stuff. For DPD here. Delivering for DPD. You're a, an absolute legend. The amount of packages that arrive into this office, and everyone's like, God, praise the DPD driver. And those texts you get, your DPD driver, Phil, will be with you between 11 12 and 12 06. You're like, Come on, Phil, with your accurate texting. And we're always there. I'm into it. Uh, Phil, BLT, 700 euro. What do you think? Bitter lemon tea. Bitter lemon tea. It sounds like the kind of thing Dermot would drink and I'd scoff exactly. at him going, what are you doing drinking that? Just have a cup of tea, like a normal cup of tea. Exactly. There's no talking to him. It's not right, Phil. No bother. Sorry about that. We give it another bash. Yeah, give it a bash again. Thanks, Phil. All the best. Bye, right, Philip good Dwyer. Bye. Bye, Bye, <laughs> Peter's in Donegal. How are you, Peter? Oh, not so bad, Dave. How are you? Good. Hanging Excuse out the washing? Yeah, yeah, in between the showers. Yeah, I was going to say, is there great dry in it or is it a bit damp? Yeah, it is. It's great dry, but there is, when the showers are there, they're heavy. Right, okay. Um, and what's on the washing today? Sheets or clothes oh, or what? Got sheet, mainly towels. There's a house full of women, so it's mainly towels. Towels, right. You see, again, I was always, I sound like I'm always complaining. I was complaining yesterday that I have no appliances, cookers or anything like that to cook my food. <laughs> I also have no washing machine, so I have to go to my, oh, get, get no. the washing, go to my mam's house, wash oh, it, Jesus. and then try and get up there before she bothers herself to get because I don't want her getting up and putting out my washing but she does it and she yeah. also has some kind of military folding experience <laughs> I don't know if she's some kind of secret spy but she can fold things in ways I've never seen anyone do before maybe it was, I know it's incredible she went to boarding school or something we'll never know. learn no we'll it's never true learn. Uh, anyway Peter we've got 700 quid that can be yours if you tell us what BLT stands for yeah I'll have a go with butter laden toast oh you see now the, bitter, the bitter lemon tea I wouldn't like but a butter laden toast God In fact You're making me think now Of Dermot and myself When we started Our radio career Almost 20 years ago We used to finish Early enough Because we were on The early breakfast show And we'd go to my apartment With an entire sliced pan And an entire stick of butter And we just wouldn't leave Until the whole sliced pan (laughs) And all the butter was gone And lashings of normal tea When Dermot was normal Butter laden toast, Peter. Unfortunately, is the wrong answer. Ah, not to worry. Okay, enjoy the washing. Cheers, Hope the drying goes well. See you later. <laughs> bye. Thanks, Dave. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Alfie's uh, on the road. Alfie Kearns, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad now. Sure, look it. Isn't that it? Alfie, you just won a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. If I'm not sure, look it. Isn't that a T-shirt? That's only massive. 
Uh, now, everyone else who's freaking out and thinking that's the buzzer for your T-shirts, no, that's just Alfie's one. You you hold tight. The buzzer will go off again before the end of the show, and you can win yeah, loads of T-shirts. But Alfie, that's yours. That's sorted. What are you up to today? Uh, uh, mommy waits for water for the service cleaning machine. Service cleaning machines. Yeah, small cleaning machines. Yeah. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Yep. Uh, and let's see if we can give you money then to go with your T-shirt. Seven hundred quid. BLT. What do you think? Uh, bootleg trousers. Bootleg trousers. God, I wore a lot of bootleg jeans. Are they coming back, Emer? You know fashion things. They're coming back. Yeah. Emer says BLTs are coming back, bootleg trousers. What do you think, yeah. Alfie? Would you go back to them? Uh, probably, yeah. I remember when trousers got so wide that they didn't even, they weren't even bootleg, whereas they were wide at the, at the bottom, not quite flares. They used to give you, you, know, you whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I remember having ones black I bought them in London in some market in Camden and they were black but they were so big like I'm a size 10 foot but they were so wide at the bottom that they covered my foot like that's no reason for anything to be that wide I don't think you can sell them to the tanks for a big top definitely definitely Alfie you've got the t-shirt that's sorted but 700 quid for bootleg trousers is not going to happen no problem alright drive safely Thank you kindly, sir. See you later. Bye-bye. Around this time every Thursday, we're paid a visit by the brilliant Noni. She sells chocolate out of a pram in Limerick. And we'll cross to Limerick now and see what's going on. Noni. Oh, get that way, man. You're so fired up. Noni. Noni, hi. It's Dermot and Dave. Can you help me? Yeah, where are you? Oh, I'm in Limerick's most off-market hair salon. Oh. Uh, it's called the Cut Above. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. They'll have up to their name, actually. Oh. If you ask them, they'll cut the hair above your body. Hey, no, I'm going to stop that. Right. You can't be saying that on the I'm radio. Just coming, You're on the radio now. Who's with you? Uh, Anita. Oh, yeah. Anita Haircut. <laughs> <laughs> the scale of me now, nothing's been getting done in the old grooming site. No. So I'm in here with all ladies now in the salon. Okay, and... Getting uh, down my pram full of chocolates at the door there. I'm giving all the girls a Kit Kat, haven't I, lads? <laughs> oh, we have great banter in here. <laughs> and tell me, who, what stylist have you actually got? Oh, well, I needed a very particular stylist, you know, because, I'll be honest with you, I've let things go. Oh. Right, so your average hairstylist mightn't be able to handle it, so I had to bring in someone who could handle this kind of a job. Oh, who's that? It's a celebrity gardener, Dermot Gavin. He came in. How are you, Dermot? You're getting on well. How you doing, Nonny? Uh, hello, can you hear me, Dermot? Yeah, we've got you Dermot there. and Dave, it's Dermot Gavin here. I've, I've, I've come in to help Nonny. I didn't uh, think this would be your, your... I didn't know you were experiencing in hair. To be honest, I didn't know what I was doing either. I just got a call, and it said there's a job, a really difficult job that only a gardener can handle. Right. And here I am with Nonny. Isn't that right? Or it's yeah, he's here. We're doing great work here now at the moment. We're trying to get started. Okay, well, I can imagine. Yeah, so what have you got to do, Dermot? Uh, uh, the hardest thing about it, uh, and this is right, Noni, that I have to I have to get your headscarf off um, oh. uh, because I can't actually get out the hair, which I can see poking out the sides. Okay. I don't, uh, excuse me, no, I haven't taken off my headscarf in 62 years. <laughs> that was for my wedding night. Oh. It wasn't the only thing I took off. That's <laughs> it. Okay, so I'm going to try and cut it up with some garden shears here. Oh, yeah. No, oh, my God, it's making the blunt. No, no, this, this is incredible. No. Uh, okay, I'm going to have to try something a bit stronger. Oh, my God. Now, this is a streamer I was using on Dave's plastic grass earlier. <laughs> oh, my God, that's tickling me. That's tickling my ears. No, oh, God. 
No, I don't know what this headscarf is made of. It's obviously been locked on there a long time. I can't. I'm going to have to try something a bit stronger. Hold on. Stronger than a streamer. Oh my god. What's that? A, a tiny flap of, of your headscarf has come up and a cat just came out. <laughs> I thought that cat died. Trixie! I thought he died in 1978. <laughs> he was up there all. Oh my god, Nolly! There's a swarm of bees coming out from underneath your headscarf now. <laughs> I knew I could taste honey. It was dripping down my face. Because what else is in there? Uh, oh. Oh, there's a nesting bird in there. <laughs> I think that's a Bluetooth. <laughs> you need me looking down there now. That's a circulation problem. You dirty idiot. Hold on, hold on. My phone, my phone nearly rang there. Hello. Hello. Celebrity gardener Dermot Gavin here. Yeah. Really? Oh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, I won't. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> okay, get off the phone. <laughs> okay, okay. I get that. I get it. What was that, Jeremy? Uh, that was actually, uh, that was um, uh, the UNESCO. UNESCO? <laughs> what? It turns out Noni's head is actually a wildlife sanctuary. Oh, my God. The headscarf has been on so long, there's actually too many breeds of creatures <laughs> underneath it. And I'm afraid I can't cut it. It's, I, I, it's protected. You can't cut my hair. I can't cut your hair, Noddy. It's a protected wildlife sanctuary. I can't do it. Disaster. Oh, well, I suppose I just have to keep the headscarf on and keep water on. But I suppose on the, the good side of things, you can do the hair on my legs. Here till I pull down my stock and you can have a look here. your wedding day you're walking down the aisle but it's actually a music festival I know it sounds weird right but imagine having a music festival for your wedding and it was so good it inspired you to create one a festival on your own land so happened to our next guest inspired by their own wedding in 2019 Cormac Jennings and his wife Sharon created Livestock Festival which took place at the start of July the big question is will it be back in 2023 Cormac's on the line tell us all about it good morning Cormac Dave, how you getting on? Not bad at all. It's not often we have a festival organiser on the show. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the story behind how this festival came about is absolutely fascinating. So let's go back and relive all this. For So you were getting married to Sharon. Yeah, I uh, met Sharon in 2014. And in 2019, we decided to get married. So most people kind of go, yeah, we'll either get married here or abroad or whatever. You took a slightly different approach. Well, I had a slightly different opportunity in the farm that I I was left by my dad. It's a beautiful setting and there's a magnificent mount, we call it, on the front field, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, lovely circular hill with big beech trees all around it. And it was an obvious kind of an idea for us that we'd have a party or a celebration right. on that area. Okay, It's just a nice setting for a big party. It sounds beautiful, but I mean you could, you know, have 80 guests and you could kind of just go, right, look, we'll get outside catering in and get have a DJ and whatever. Party. Yeah. But, yeah, but you, you kind of went a bit bigger and better. Well, we it was suggested that we kind of came up with the idea like to do a festival idea 
you know, get a few bands in and sort of dress it up like that. And discussing it with a few different people, uh, mm-hmm. we decided to go full-blown and do a, like a proper big festival, <laughs> worthy of the site, as it were. So how many it, people did you have at the wedding festival? We had, no, we didn't count who, who arrived and, and everything, but there was about 380 or 400 maybe. Wow. You know, all kids and everything. Included. Yeah, of course. And then how many acts would have performed? There at- was, I think there was 11 or 12 bands at the, at the wedding. So okay, so um, hang on, just talk us through the day very quickly then, Cormac. So you, you you get married? Did you get married in the church or on the grounds? Oh God, no, no. We we actually got married a couple of days earlier in a register right, office. Right, right, And then a really good friend of Sharon's had agreed to do a kind of a humanistic kind of ceremony. Um, and then the music kicked off. The first day the band started, and it was just a proper festival from then on. There was wow. different workshops and African drumming and Tai Chi and stuff. And did people stay over? Um, yeah, there was a big campsite left aside and loads of people stayed, even the neighbours. Like I always say, it's, a, it's dangerous going home. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. better off to stay. Better off to stay, absolutely, yeah. So did you have to put up a campsite then yourselves? Um, yeah, it's, it was like for the festival, for the wedding festival, things were, were a lot more simpler, we say. Um, it was just the corner section of the field that was designated for... Well, that's the thing. You've, you've kind of hinted at it now. So after the, the success of the wedding, and you know, nearly 400 people and 11 or 12 bands and everyone's staying over, you decided, well, why don't we make this into something for the public? <laughs> and then he did... It was your Sharon came up with the name Livestock? Um, not really, to be honest with you. The credit to that goes to the guys in the pub years and years ago. Amazing. Not, not my... Not my uh, Okay, but, but talk us through then the Livestock Festival because it just happened at the start of July uh, in Ockram. So what did this look like versus the wedding? I mean, how, may, how much bigger was it? How many people did you have come? Uh, we had, we were ready to cope for, we, we had in our heads kind of just generally capped the numbers at about 1,500 for yeah. our first year. And it was a much bigger, much more polished offering. My friend, the guy that kind of, the backbone of the, the musical and the, the stage management end of the festival, Barra, he that did a lot of the most of the music creation for the second one. So right. we had 37 or 8 bands My over two God. stages. Two stages? Um, yeah, I know. We, we revved it up. Well, we we were going to move in kind of slow and easy into it in the, in the beginning, 2020. We were going to have 20 bands, I think, and sort of one and a half stages. If you could imagine a half stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just with the pandemic and things being chilled out and a bit of time to plan it a bit better and sort of take a longer run at it, we came with a much bigger offering this year. Well, you so did. I mean, I'm looking at it here. Okay, so the first of all, the poster looks brilliant. There's an overhead shot of the, the beech trees, as you said, in the circular mound. And then in that is the list of bands and things like Keela and Evoke and Chase Nova and loads of bands, Martin Staunton. Yeah. But then down below that, it's proper festival stuff. You've got like mind and body stuff. So yoga, meditation. You've got craft workshops, art exhibitions, trade yeah. villages. So it's a full-on festival experience. Uh, absolutely something for everyone no matter what their interests are the craft village or craft demonstration area that you mentioned was kind of that was one of the biggest hits there was loads of different things in it there was a guy smelting iron wow. and there was a blacksmith and there was a little viking village um, and wood, you know, wood carving and pole lading butter churning even a guy came along and set up an old traditionist style butter, butter churning amazing and yeah. one of the things that we hear from festival organisers all the time is A, the clean-up afterwards, and B, how difficult it is to actually make money out of these things. I mean, <laughs> we don't want to delve too far into this corner, but will there be a 2023 there Livestock Festival? There will be festival? a 2023, definitely. Amazing. That was always kind of in the, 
in the plan that if if I can get this or if we can get this festival to kind of just get up on its own two legs and be a little bit supportive to the farm income, I have really good plans for the farm to sort of plant a lot of trees and sort of keep the tree fill landscape alive and okay. sort of so you, the, you already planted 25 acres of trees I planted in 2014 we planted 25 acres of oak mostly and beech wow. a few other a few other variations I see so your, your plan is to kind of return the land to the forestry that it would have been at some point well it's, it's in, in some in some areas I won't do it with the whole mm. place but it would be nice just to sort of rewild and just slip back and sort of counteract some of the negative effects of a lot of agriculture every time you turn on the radio they're, they're saying we're killing the planet well, yeah, we all we all need to eat. I mean, you know, there's there's counter arguments to all this stuff. But Cormac, I mean, this is fabulous. The fact that it kind of came born out of your own wedding and has now turned into a fifteen hundred person plus festival is just phenomenal. And then let's hope next year it grows again. This is brilliant. Absolutely. Thank you, Cormac. And a big big hi to Sharon. Absolutely hi to Sharon and the whole team. There's a big team, her kids and and Barra and Stephen that does social media and stuff. Well, fair um, play. You're a good team by the sound of things. Everyone that, that contributed, just when I have the chance to say a big thank you to, to absolutely everyone, the, the community and the acts and the demonstrators. Well, the, the whole thing came together really sweet. Maybe you've inspired someone else with a little bit of land around the country in a perfect spot for a, yeah, for a festival you, to get involved as well. The, the opportunity, it's not a bad distraction from regular farming. It's yeah. uh, something new, definitely. That's brilliant. Cormac Jennings, thanks so much for joining us today and telling us all about livestock. All right, Dave. Thanks for Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Our next guest really has the gift of the gab. Like, officially has the gift of the gab. He's the winner of a new competition to find the most hurling to the core pundit. Remarkably, it's not Cahill Minogue who works here with us. It is Seamus Barry. Seamus, how are you? I'm not too bad, Dave. How was things? Can I just leave the studio now and go make a cup of tea? Because you're, you're so talented at talking. You haven't won this prize. You can do the whole interview yourself. Do you know what? I've been listening to you and Dermot for long enough now. I think I can uh, speak out my back behind, as they say. <laughs> well, look, a lot of people will remember that you were on with us before because you were involved in the Bring uh, John Home campaign that we mentioned on the show a good bit. And Caroline was on to us and you were on to us about getting John home. And he's doing really well now, isn't he, at home? And Caroline's caring for him full time. Yeah, that, that, that project was just amazing to be a part of. Um, and like you said, John is doing very well at home and he's now at home full time and he's back with his family where he belongs. Yeah, it's what we all wanted and amazing that that campaign happened. And if you want to um, listen back to Seamus to find out what it's all about, you can search up Bring John Home campaign to their family. You'll find it all there. But let's focus now on the fact that you are a winner yourself because this hurling to the core competition is Borgosh Energy, uh, who are sponsors of the GEA Senior All-Ireland Hurling Championship, ran this, hosted by Deirdre O'Kane on YouTube. Now, Look, you know me, Seamus. If you've been listening long enough, you know that GAA and hurling in particular is not exactly what the people say call my wheelhouse. Is that the phrase? I don't know. Or tape. Yeah, there you go. But this has been a really fascinating insight into the world of punditry, which we all consume, whether it's whatever sport you watch, or even if you're watching the news, you're seeing people who are effectively pundits. They're coming on, giving their opinion on whatever's happening. So it was just really fascinating to watch this, and I was glued to it every time it came out. And uh, I'm amazed... Uh, and delighted that you managed to get through because the the competition on the show was huge. Yeah, the the, the level was was really high. Um, like you said, Borgosh uh, sponsored it, and you know, I want to take 
thank Borgosh for everything that they done over the, the couple of episodes and a lot of effort went into it behind the scenes you know traveling to Dublin and stuff like that but um, the talent was second to none you know Shane Nolan and John that were both in the final um, Shane has experienced inter-county wise with teams John has been commentating for years down in Cork and they love hurling like they're absolutely passionate about it they know what they're talking about but the punditry thing is interesting because everybody's a, an armchair pundit. Mm. Um, I've been one myself for many years. But um, yeah, it, it, the whole experience, like you said, Deirdre O'Kane, Michael Lester, Don Lowe, Brendan Marr, Rena Buckley, even on Equivalon. It was just it was sensational to guess. Davy Fitz, she's an early forgot Davy, you'll kill me. Well, actually, um, let's, let's have a quick listen because I, I love this. So basically, you were set loads of challenges. Some of them were hilarious. Like, for example, uh, as you said, like commentating when you're being blown in the face by a massive fan, leaves, water, everything, trying to keep your cool. And I suppose that's something you have to practice when you're doing live television and live radio. But uh, you also then, with Davy Fitz, he was there um, uh, along with, he was it, you know, it wasn't Ivan, it was, was it Rena? It was Davy and Rena. Rena was with Davy. Yeah. yeah. And they gave you the challenge, which you would expect to get this challenge when you're doing a GAA commentary or punditry job. You have to commentate on a game. However, the game was an underage kids match and I tell you, they were impressed by you. Let's have a listen. Here's the ball, he's back in it again, he's trying, he comes out of it. This man is a short temper, he's the longest puck in the club, but he's the shortest temper, he's like the surgeon. He's telling us what's happening in the game, but also there's stories happening all over the place, you know? We have to say he's got his homework done. So you did your homework, so what age are the kids you were commentating on? They looked about seven or eight. Jesus, I'd say they were even younger again, to be honest. I think they were six. Um, <laughs> absolute chaos. What do they say? Don't work with children and animals. <laughs> Something um, like that. But, yeah, it was it was chaos. And it was funny, like we were doing little interviews after with him and the umflet that I had. I couldn't get a word out of Like, everyone knows I could talk back legs off a donkey. But this umflet was just looking at me saying, go away from me, I'm not talking to Oh, you. I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you the only lesson I've ever learned when talking to kids. I've been doing this for 20 years and you get kids on the radio. The, the, the only lesson you need to know when you're talking to kids is never ask them a question that can be answered by yes, no, or I don't know. Okay, so you just basically get to say things like, how did you feel when this happened? And... Uh, if you had to pick your favorite color, what would it be? Like all of these questions, like that, have have to have longer answers than yeah, no. I actually I prompted I prompted um, the uncle. I said, you know, who's your favorite hurler? And he just went yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, then as you said, never work with kids. But come here. So then the oh. final came down to you and the two other lads going along to Crow Park on the day, doing a pitch-side interview with Michael Lester live on the big screens, then watching the game while you're being filmed, and then sitting down afterwards in one of those post-match analysis scenarios in Crow Park. I mean, like this was all full-on real levels of work required. Yeah, it's, it's the access has never been given before. Um, like Even small details like being brought out on the pitch, we were supposed to be pitch-side. And we're actually allowed on the hallowed turf mm. in Crow Park to do the interview with Michael Lester. And like we were talking to Board Gosh and Bold Studios after, and they were like, We've never gotten this access before. <laughs> um so to be to be given like we we've little monitors in front of us, you know, and we we're seeing replays. We're sitting there with Michael Lester watching the all Ireland, one of the best all Ireland finals I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And you've cameras around you and like it was just a dream come true. Like you're pitching yourself 
you, you look at everyone we worked with all the way up to this, like Deirdre O'Kane. We had a lovely message on video from uh, the one and only true god of commentary, Lee Hall and Murarty. Oh, wow. Wishing us the best of luck. And that, that was just sensational. I remember saying to my brother after, he was saying he was unsure about, you know, where this journey was going and stuff like that. And he was like, within five months, kid, you've made it. Like, you've literally, <laughs> it's the all-around fight. Like, I can't, for anyone who's not into hurling or Gaelic football, and I was chatting to someone recently, this was the World Cup of soccer. Like, oh, yeah. Like, this was Eurovision in music. This was the Grammys for, uh, you know, a musician. It was the Oscars for an actor. I just, I still can't believe it. Well, let's have a listen to the moment when you did win. I actually feel incredibly sick. It's, it's impossible to pick a winner from the three, but the, the judges have made a decision. Um, and so we're not going to delay any further. The winner of the Board Gosh Energy Gift of the Gab 2022 is Seamus. Well done, Seamus. Congratulations, sir. Congratulations, sir, is right. What's the plan now, Seamus, that you've won this? I mean, you've got the big giant trophy. You know, you've got the title. But what do you want to do next? Uh, take over you and Dermot's job. <laughs> You're more than welcome to No, in all honesty, look, it, it's a very hard industry to try break into, um, especially punditry when you don't have a career in inter-county scene. Yeah. Um, like that, you could appear on TV or radio and someone would question and say, he hasn't played at the top level, what does he have? But I would look at the likes of Jose Mourinho, Alex Ferguson, Jurgen Klopp, never played at the top level in soccer and turned out to be some of the greatest managers in the sport. So in terms of that, I'd love to get into punditry. RT would be the dream. The Sunday game, like that, that would be just epic. But I am kind of, I'm actually, there's a few other little side projects. Um, I'm looking to get into speaking to clubs and in schools and secondary schools talking to kids about mental health and wellness um, and you know with the punditry I'm looking to do a bit of journalism creative writing I'm available if any clubs want me to come <laughs> forward to run and you know just getting that out there I'm available for Today FM for radio work well listen uh, we're we're really proud of you you've done so well and we've been talking to you for a long time and to see you win this is brilliant uh, Seamus it's great to talk to you congratulations on being crowned and just uh, a quick, a quick one, Richard Dave. Um, if I am doing punditry skills, I can do it on Man United. You know, I could do it with my eyes closed because it's very hard to watch. So anytime you want me to do it, I can do it. Yeah, I can see you've got a long, you've got a long career ahead of you. I think, in fairness, Seamus. Thanks for joining us today, man. Take care and wait yourself. See you later. Bye. Someone says, is this basically a live Top Gun show? It kind of is a live Top Gun show, the Bray Air show. If you're into flying at all, but even, like, do you know what? Even if you're not remotely into flying, seeing giant aircrafts do amazing things is is just an amazing thing to see. I remember years ago, going down with my dad and he had a video camera because he worked for Philips Electronics. And this was in the days when nobody had video cameras except like TV stations. And uh, we went to the Bray Air show, shot loads of video and then he came back and he was able to put like U2's Bullet the Blue Sky over the footage. And I remember then I was like, what is my dad? Some kind of like TV director? But in reality, what he was, is just somebody who sold all the stuff and he yeah, didn't know how it worked. No one could do stuff like yeah. that. Your dad is basically like, I don't know, a director. <laughs> I was trying to think of <laughs> yeah. a famous director. Yeah, um, but he, your man who did all Back to the Future. 
Steven Spielberg. Your dad is basically Steven Spielberg. I'm just waiting to see who Sean was going to pull out of the sky there. Uh, Derek and Cork want to know was the Irish pilot Shay there, not Dermot Gavin in disguise? He sounded so like him. I don't think so, no. Uh, morning, Dave. I'm on my way to my local air club to take a Cessna out for a couple of hours. Uh, once you have the aviation book, it can't be shook off. Um, and when you ask the lads, are there any jump seats going over the weekend? Yeah, imagine me in the jump season, the Jordanian Falcons. In fairness, like you'd be turned upside down. As he said, what does he say? Negative three and a half G and plus six G? No, thanks very much. Um, and actually, it's funny. A lot of people think that because I've all of a sudden developed an interest in Microsoft Flight Simulator, that I want to go upside down in an airplane. I'm still the guy who won't go on the slide in, <laughs> in Wicklow and Avondale, and I don't want to go on the Cuckoo and Taylor Park. So, oh no, I do not want to go upside down in an airplane. I want to watch someone else do that because they're far more qualified than I am. Listen to this message now for a second. This is very important. Uh, it says, uh, My five-year-old son, Senan heard you this morning on the radio, Dave, and he immediately started singing a song to himself. Listen to Senan. Dave's world, Dave's world. When you don't let him do it, he gets ready. Yay, Senan. You're absolute legend. Thank you for singing my theme tune. I absolutely love it. Um, Come here. I'm playing Wordle, right? I'm not going to do any spoilers, don't worry. But, well, maybe there's a kind of mini, tiny, mini spoiler. What five-letter word is there that doesn't have any vowels in it? Because that's what I've discovered after two goals. There's no vowels. No A, no E, no I, no O, no U. Can I tell him Carl's suggestion? Yeah. He's called that it was shh. <laughs> so I, I thought it might be, you know, Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> Why? Well, I said wise. no with loads yeah. of O's. Then I realized O was the vowel. <laughs> Any ideas? 087 102. Loads of suggestions in for the Wordle solution. I realize if I read them out... It, this will be like one of them will be right so like, I actually can't read them out but thank you to everyone who's texting them in what I will say is to people like Seamus who are suggesting rhythm which is a word absolutely with no vowels in it other than why used as a kind of a pseudo vowel six letters in rhythm so it can't be rhythm uh, okay I'll tell you what I'll, I'll try and get it but I won't tell you what it is because obviously that's the whole point of Wordle that we don't wreck it for everybody Siobhan Flavins in Limerick hello Siobhan Hello, how are you doing? Good, have you recovered after the weekend and all the celebrations? Just about, no, just about. <laughs> and come here, will you watch the football final at the weekend? Um, I'm not a big lover of football, I'm ashamed yeah. to say it, but I love no, the hurling. You, you can be honest, you know, that's what this is an honest, safe space here with me. Don't worry, Siobhan. <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably tune in and out of it. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah, that's fair. Well, exciting match tonight, so don't yeah, watch well, it. You have the Liam McCarthy in the back kitchen, so you've nothing to worry about. You're fine. You do. Uh, what's the plan for the weekend then? Um, we've my little niece, uh, my two nieces christening at the weekend. So oh, yeah. that's nice. An overnight stay in the Charleville Park. Very nice. What a great hotel that is. We've done yes. gigs down there and stayed there. Yeah. It's a brilliant spot yeah. altogether. Looking forward to that now. And not too far away either. No, no, no. Stuff, Siobhan. Okay, well, listen, let's get your guest for BLT. Or is it your guest? No, it's actually my daughter Molly's guest. Molly. Seven. Molly is yeah. seven. Okay, well, then this yeah. is going to be a super smart guest if Molly's involved. Exactly, yeah. Right, she, she thought about it hard. She okay. said, builders love tea. Builders love tea. Well, tell Molly, I have builders in my house at the moment, and I am constantly making them tea. So <laughs> she's absolutely on the money in terms of builders loving tea. Is it the right answer, though? And is it worth €750? Euro? She's here with the suspense of killing her. <laughs> Molly Flavin. I'm sorry, it's wrong. Oh, not to worry. <laughs> but thanks so much for playing and fair play to Molly for having a guess. No problem. She'll try again over the rest of the Good summer. idea, good idea. All right, thanks for <laughs> playing, Thank Siobhan. You See you, have, have a good, good weekend. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Another Siobhan, Siobhan O'Sullivan now in Cork. Hi, Siobhan. 
Hi Dave, how are you? I'm great, and yourself? I'm great altogether, thank you. Pottering around the house, have you anything planned? Pottering, yes, I'm working from home today and we're heading to Sligo in the morning for the weekend. Oh, very nice. Yeah, first time ever. You're going to celebrate Sligo's win in the European competition last night against Motherwell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Unlikely, she answers you, unlikely. (laughs) And who's one of the whole family or what? No, just myself and my partner. We're heading up to friends of ours. They have a holiday home up there. So oh, heading up there for the weekend. Gorgeous. What a great way to spend the weekend. Yep. That'll be brilliant. Yep. really looking forward to it. All right. Will you bother watching the football the weekend at all? Uh, no. no. I watched the, the game last week, but football, no. No, football, no. We're seeing the Siobhans no. aren't into the football. It's fair no, enough, fair no, enough. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, BLT, Siobhan, what do you think? Okay, so it's Banks, Lack, Tellers. Banks, Lack, Tellers. Well, we heard the news report this morning that some of the banks are yeah. going cashless. If you go yes, cashless, you cashless need even fewer tellers again. <laughs> banks lack tellers is not going to win you money today, I'm afraid. Okay, no problem. Thanks. Enjoy anyway. the weekend Have in Sligo. Weekend. You, you too. too. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And Fergal's in Cavan on his way to Galway. Hello, Fergal. Hello, Dave. How's things? <laughs> sure, look at Hey, Fergal, just won a bright yellow Dermot and Dave. Today, FM, Asher, sure look at Isn't that a t shirt? It's all yours. Well done. I'll wear it with pride. I'd say you will. Now, to everybody who's going to freak out and text now for the other t-shirts we're giving away, this is not the time. This is Fergal's buzzer. No one else, it's just Fergal's. Uh, Fergal, uh, listen, what do you got planned for the weekend? Um, I'm heading to Galway at the moment for work. I'm bringing my girlfriend down. She's going on a hen. Oh, right. And Are you sticking around? No, I'm coming back up. I'll football with my young fella tomorrow, and then I'll pick her up on Sunday, and we're heading to Forest Fest. <laughs> What's, what state is she going to be in for going to Forest Fest on Sunday? Uh, well, uh, she'll be in a good state because I'll pick her up. Ah, I suppose. There you go. There and you Dave, go. Uh, I was at Metallica two weeks ago in Portugal. You didn't go, did band. you? Tenoff. Oh, my God. How was it? It was unbelievable, Dave. And they played Whiskey in the Jar. The only um, time they played it on the whole tour was in Portugal. Oh, was they must have t- known you were coming, Fergal. Uh, I texted them along the way. So they must have known. <laughs> and come here. So, what, so this is because you love Metallica as much as I do, or were you there anyway? Uh, Metallica is my favourite band in the world, and my favourite song is Sanitarium. Oh, man, you're, you're speaking my, my language. My Master of Puppets yeah, in well, the whole entire world. Wow. There you go, Fergal and Kevin. Yeah. That's getting the hairs in the back of my neck standing up. Oh, Absolutely I'm, love it. That was my 11th time to see them. Yeah, I haven't missed them. I first saw them on the Justice Tour in 1988, and I haven't missed them in Ireland since, and I've seen them around the world a couple of times. Yeah. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Anyway, this isn't a Metallica fan club show. This is a natural no. look at Isn't That It game. Uh, what do you think BLT stands for? Building Lego Technics. Building Lego Technics. Lots of kids around the country. Lots of adults love doing it as well, particularly the kids. Building Lego Technics. T-shirt, yes. Metallica fan, yes. Money, no. Oh, well, you can't win everything. You can't, Fergal, but it sounds like you might do because you're a legend. Fair play to you. Have a great weekend. Dave, you too. See you later. Bye. Nice talking to you. Take you it too. Easy. Bye, bye, bye. A few years back in Electric Picnic, we did a Dermot and Dave karaoke and there was some crack down Electric Picnic on the Today FM stage in the Sound Garden. And uh, Brezzy was coming down and he said, okay, Dave, you're going to do a duet with me. And I said, yes, nice. What will we do? Thinking it might be something kind of rocky and heavy. Brezzy loves that music as well. And he was like, we're going to do Mel C and Brian Adams when you're gone. I was like, okay. And he said, I'm going to be Brian Adams. You're going to be Mel C. I was like, perfect. And I know all Mel C's parts. And I can sing like Mel C. It's no problem. (laughs) Except we had already done like 18 songs by the time he got down. So I had no Mel C voice. So we started singing and he was expecting me to be like, baby, when you're gone. I was like, 
Baby, when you're gone. And he's looking around going, why is there a taxi driver version of Dave singing <laughs> Mel C's parts in the song? The build-up has been massive. The texts we've gotten in every single day here to the station telling us how excited Kerry people are and Galway people are ahead of the final. And Cahill Minogue, our Tipperary man, but God, he loves GAA like there's no tomorrow. You can't bait it, mate. <laughs> you can't bait it for Cahill. No. Uh, you've been compiling the voices of the Kerry yeah. people and the Galway people ahead of this final. How does it feel? Because obviously, hurling is your, is your blood, your lifeblood. Yeah, yeah. But when yeah. it's football and slightly more removed and there's no, obviously, you know, you don't have any skin in the game, Tipperary. Yeah. In either one. But how does it feel prepping this and putting it all together? You're getting buzzed. Yeah, well, totally. Like, I, I've said it before, hurling is my sport, mm. but GAA is what I love. There you go. And I just love, I said it before, I love what the GAA, what, what it does to communities and how excited it gets people, you know? Mm. So doing this, I'll do this every week if we want. Can we just have, <laughs> so like, you know, well, let's do like the under 12B West Final. <laughs> we, we, we can do this I'll every actually, week. I'm happy I'll enough. I'll actually be into that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, like it wasn't hard to build the excitement because I think both sets of counties are really excited, mm. maybe more so than the hurling, uh, because it's been a while since both teams have won. Kerry last won it in twenty fourteen, yeah, and Galway it was two thousand and one. You know, that's a long time for both of those yeah. counties. So they're both they're very excited. Uh, the funny thing is, everyone was so busy scrambling for tickets. You all forgot to send me your voice notes. <laughs> so a couple of people let me down. So they were I was waiting for them last night. Woke up this morning and I didn't get No, they weren't the, there. So, no, they weren't there. But we, we we have, you know, it's it's our it's our duty here at the Dermot and Dave show to build a bit of excitement for this Hell match. Hell yes it is. And I mean look, it's gonna be phenomenal on yeah. Sunday. Like we know how big this game is. We know it's gonna be an absolute sellout. Everyone around the country is gonna be tuned into watching it. And how are the people feeling? This is what it's all about. How are the Kerry people feeling? What do you? Who do you think is going to win, Carl? I think it. I look. I think it's going to be Kerry. But once you listen to this, you think the Gal- the Galway fans are confident. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, let's have a listen. This is Carl's package. This is the bill. Of, this is the voices of the Galway and Kerry people ahead of the All Ireland Football Final on Sunday. Let me tell you, this is Croke Park on the north side of Dublin City. We are calling out to you from the seventh floor on what is lovingly known as the Hogan Stand. There is no venue in the world right now that has over 82,000 people gathered in what is undoubtedly one of the greatest stadiums in the world. Listen to the noise. Listen to the heartbeat of the people of Ireland. Said we couldn't do it in 98 and 01, and we did it. Joyce, who did it as a player, and he's going to do it as a manager. I'll be above, I'll be outside Crow Park before your man comes to open the door. Please, God Almighty. Come on, Galway. Hi, Dermot and Dave. This is Sheila from Galway, a very proud Galwegian who wants to wish her Cisco colleague, midfielder Niall Daly, and all the Galway team the very best on Sunday. 21 years since we brought Sam over the car. On the tasty and tempting maroon and white. Woo! I'm Emily and I'm not, and I can't wait for Sam McGuire to come back to Galway on Sunday. Hello, I'm Ella Joyce here, the token Today FM Galway girl. Um, as you can hear from my throat, the tonsillitis has hit me hard. But will I still be there on Sunday cheering on Galway? Absolutely, if I get a ticket. So as night tickets floating around, you know what to do as I'm poor regardless. 
work, you're a fine man. I used to lie to everybody in primary school and tell them you were my cousin. Let's keep up the lie. I think it suits us. Bring Sam home. You. Hello, Pat McDonough here. Supermax are proud sponsors of Galway GA for over 30 years. I'd like to wish the team every success on Sunday and safe travelling to all supporters. Guy of a boo. We are here in the beautiful village of Mycullen in the west of Ireland and we have six players on the Galway team. All from Mycullen, including the captain, Sean Kelly. So all more like for in the Galliva. Hi, I'm Marie Smith and I'm the hospitality manager in Crow Park Stadium. What does All Ireland Final Day mean for the staff of Crow Park? It's a huge build up and a huge relief and a huge level of excitement. Um, we work really, really hard to get to that point and on the day, I suppose, we're all in tender hooks, making sure everything goes right and then when that final whistle goes, as long as it's not the D word, we're all delighted and excited, as you say, just to get it over the line. You already had a full house for Ed Sheeran. We did. Is there a big difference between the Ed Sheeran fans and the Kerry and Galway fans that you're about to have? Definitely so. Um, concert fans are here to have a good time and GAA fans are here to have a good time but they're invested. They're hugely invested. They're following their county. They've been following them for months and they just want their team to win on the day and you just can't explain the level of excitement and nerves and trepidation from all of the fans that come through those doors. It's fantastic. Yeah. Is it going the right way? Yes! He's got it! Shawnee O'Shea has scored for Kerry. There can hardly be any more time left. There is it! Kerry for the last kick of the game. Hi, Dermot and Dave. Nephew here. Just want to wish the Kerry footballers all the best of luck in the All-Ireland final this Sunday. Yeah, the Kerry manager, Jack O'Connor, only lives over the hill for me, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just should I throw that in there. Um, up Kerry. Oh, also, if anyone's looking for a bunk bed in a tin bed hostel dorm in the city centre for the match, let me know, because I booked two by mistake and I don't want to be out of pocket. Yeah, I mean, I'll be ashamed, you know. Up to King, I'm Kerry for Sam. This is Michelle from Tralee, and I will be watching the All-Ireland in the beautiful Vancouver at half seven in the morning. Up the Kingdom. Hello, my name's Liam Bunyan, and I want to say good luck to Kerry. Hi, Kerry! Doi O'Shea here saying, up the Kingdom. Hopefully we'll get over the line on Sunday. I think it's going to be a really tough match. Also, the best of luck to the Galway lads. I'm living in Galway, so I have to say that. Anyway, up the kingdom. Kerry for Sam. Come on, Kerry. Come on, the kingdom. Ah, lads. The hairs are standing up in the back of your neck now after listening to that. Yeah. Then you must be dead. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Come here, crack. You were looking for a Kerry song. Obviously, N17 was the Galway song. What yeah. was the Kerry one in her? Come on, isn't it obvious? Kevin Collins, the kingdom of Kerry. <laughs> of course. Yeah. How did we you not know that, know. Dave? No, I, I, yeah, I did. I didn't know yesterday what Kerry song to put in. I didn't want to put in the Rose of Tralee. It just yeah. didn't work. It wasn't building it up for me. So the kingdom of Kerry is what I found on YouTube, and it's a tune. It is a tune. Listen, best of luck to all the Galway uh, players, all the Kerry players, all the Galway fans, all the Kerry fans. As um, Pat from Supermax said, travel safely, the lot of yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. And enjoy yourselves, Carl. That's absolutely unbelievable. Uh, as, a, as a soccer fan I'm buzzing <laughs> get in the entire country is just sending in messages of love for our Cahill who's made an unbelievable uh, package there of the fans from Galway and the fans from Kerry uh, wow well done Cahill my heart is aching not being there I'm red and green all the way we'll watch the game but can't cheer on either both have broken my heart over the years here's to a good game wish we were there
Yeah, understand that. Red and green broke their own hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Carla woman here. To every team who make it to the Senior All-Ireland Championship final, relish every second, win, lose or draw. Uh, Peter says, brilliant work, Cahill. Great build-up. I'm looking forward to the match now. Um, and people definitely want to hear um, more Metallica. That's definitely not going to happen. I think what I'm going to play is this. Why would I play an ice cream van? Because keep your eyes open. On the streets, you might see the Today FM and HB ice cream van stocked full of your favourite ice creams and in fact the signs your star signs your horoscopes have been pitched as ice creams see what you think of these right Uh, Carl what are you Taurus Taurus Carl is Taurus Carl you are a chocolate magnum Uh, he's nodding at that Sean I'm a Pisces you're the same as me then Sean we're both Pisceans Pisces (laughs) no idea if that's the greatest (laughs) I've no idea Uh, but you and I are both a white magnum. I was like, whenever we do these star sign things, I never get the one, like, you know what, there's like, oh, what celebrity are you based on your star yeah, sign? Yeah, yeah. I'm always like Joaquin Phoenix or someone that I just don't <laughs> want to be. This is the first time it's ever worked out. Are you happy with Pisces? Yeah. yeah uh, I love and a white magnum. Like. Although we were discussing this outside off air. Uh, Dave, Sean didn't know his star sign. Yeah. He was asked a star sign. He goes, what are you? He goes, uh, I actually, I never, I actually never know this one. Who I doesn't know their star sign? I just don't care. Well, actually, the only reason I know mine is because Dermot is so obsessed with star signs, and he is just before me. He's a month before me, and a couple of years, guys, real old. <laughs> and uh, he's February, and he's Aquarius. He always yeah. tells me, "And you're Pisces," and I'm like, "Okay, fine, now I know." <laughs> so yeah, okay, other star signs because God knows he'll kill us if we don't tell you. Aquarius is a brunch. That's so Dermot. <laughs> it is, he loves a brunch Aries is a Calippo Gemini is a Cornetto But it's a strawberry Cornetto Cancer is a Solero Leo is a, an Iceburger Virgo is a regular, official, normal blue Cornetto Which in fairness is a great ice cream, I'll be honest with you uh, Libra is, what do you call those things? Maxi Twist Maxi Twist, that's it Great ice cream Scorpio's a Loop the Loop Sagittarius is Waka I can't see that, Sean uh, I don't know. Is but it some kind of different flavors. Carl's good eyes will tell us. What's that? Twister. Uh, no, that's a twister. No, that's a, it's another kind of a twister. Oh, a different flavor twister. Hang on, I'm going to do that open image in new tab and zoom in because I um, hate to be a Sagittarius. So old, I can't even see it. Hang on. Yeah, he's right. It is. It's some kind of crazy flavor twister. Okay, crazy flavor twister is Sagittarius and Capricorn is a regular flavoured tw- uh, twister. So does that make sense to you? Yeah. 0874100102. Tell <laughs> us, are you happy with your ice cream star sign today? Although a twister isn't really a December, January ice cream. Well, are any of them? Uh, you could put like the chocolate magnum in December and then put the twister in... All right, all right, Sean, have a word with the HB people there who made the... <laughs> I wonder if Daisy Edgar Jones living in a bit of a virtual insanity. She's only 24. And already has been obviously the superstar of normal people. She was in that Disney Plus movie Fresh, which was absolutely amazing. And now she's in Where the Crawdads Sing, which I honestly, like, I can't tell you how surprised I was by this movie. I wasn't sure what to expect, to be honest. You'll actually hear me say that today, the very first thing in the interview. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect, but I was absolutely blown away. It's in cinemas today. Go and see Where the Crawdads Sing. And see it in cinemas because... It's properly beautiful looking. The soundtrack is amazing. Obviously, Taylor Swift does her song, uh, Carolina, at the end of the movie as well, which is definitely worth listening to on the cinema speakers. Mm. 
but the other day I was lucky enough to go along to the very salubrious surroundings of the Marion Hotel in Dublin. It's very nice and very fancy. And I got to sit down and have a chat with the brilliant Miss Daisy Edgar-Jones. Daisy, thanks for talking to us today. Thank you. Uh, congratulations on a movie which is not a Dave movie. So when I knew I was going to this, I was like, oh, Daisy, we talked before about Fresh and normal people, we've all been there. So I'll go see this movie. I was so blown away by this. I hadn't read the book, didn't know anything about it, but what an incredible story. Oh, wow, thank you. That's so lovely to hear. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really proud of it. I think it's really lovely to be part of a film like this, which isn't, you know, it's not a superhero film. It's not a big action film. It's, it's a small story about a young woman's survival through, you know, against all odds. And it's a character study, and, and it has that element of murder mystery and romance and survival, but it's, it's also, you know... It's, it's a drama through and through and I'm, I'm just really proud that it's kind of coming back to, to the big screen and hopefully getting people to come back to the cinema for that kind of film. That's something about it as well. What blew me away is the look of this film, uh, the way it's been put together musically, uh, the cinematography, the performances which are, uh, they're a balance of like restrained but then explosive. Like there's so much about this to make it into a cinema movie, which I really enjoyed that that experience as well. What I wondered was for you making this, was it a comfortable experience in uh, in terms of acting and I'm sure that's all fine, but the the swamp, the marsh is a character in the movie itself and we get to see the version of it that that you know the director lives decides to show us, but you have to live in the reality of it. What was that like for you? Are you good with bugs? I'm not good with bugs okay. at all. I, unfortunately, I, I think that um, I think it was. It's so beautiful, and, and Polly like captured that environment just perfectly. But it, when you're watching it, you don't also feel the intense humidity and the crazy thunder and lightning. And I mean, we had we had, like days where we couldn't film because the the water of the lagoon came up and flooded the set, and we had oh, wow. alligators in the water we were swimming in, and big mosquitoes so it was definitely challenging it was probably the, one of the most challenging shoots just weather wise because we yeah. had to stop mid-scene often for thunder and lightning and we'd have to go and like hide in the car while it passed and Carolina thunderstorms are no joke have you have you experienced I've, I've been to, in one and it was terrible. so we were we were actually we were in Louisiana and but it's the similar similar environment and like that just it was cr- like you're bed would shake okay. it was it, yeah. they were huge huge thunderbolts do you ever want to do a movie where you get to use your own accent <laughs> I don't know I wonder I think I'd be quite shocked I think I'd be really quite I'd feel a bit eggy doing something like an <laughs> I think the fans would be like why is she putting on that strange exactly. accent exactly yeah. and my accent's such a weird mixture of things I don't I'd have to try and find what my what like my actual accent should be yeah. you know but then also there's a very specific southern accent. I mean, I know North Carolina isn't, or Carolina isn't Southern necessarily, but there's there's an element to this that is, the authenticity is really important. So how hard is it to work through that? Because we know you can do accents, like you, that, that's not an issue, but to, to get a specific dialect correct and authentic has to be difficult. Yes. And, and, and for this one, well, I had a brilliant accent coach who was really helpful who had a very clear idea of the particular version of the accent she wanted um because there's something about kaya just as a character that is very gentle or for me that's what i kind of read in her, mm. her that she's she's very gentle and kind of musical in her quality i don't know and i think there is that kind of lyricism to the accent it's got it's got a really lovely quality that i wanted to kind of get so for me actually of all the american accents i've done i found it the most easy because okay. 
you know, with an Irish sound that you can walk 20 minutes up the road and have a very different dialect that we don't really have a, you don't have a general sure. Irish sound really or, mm. or a general English, that, but there is a general American and I find that hard to kind of get yeah. because I can't hear the edges of it. Whereas this, you can really hear you can, you can the sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think playing a character that has been in people's minds because it's a book and again, we've done that before, but do you think that your role then is to kind of encapsulate the, the, the character of the book or the tone of everything to try and put that into the character? I think that's the key, really. I think, and it's so, you know, what's so fun is it's so much, a, it's such a collaboration filmmaking. Mm. And so it's fun for me coming to set and seeing how a set designer has imagined a, a location or, 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 the, or the score, you know, the music of, a, of the book, which it's so fun to see all the different elements come together. And I think all you can hope for as a team is to try and leave an audience with the same feeling that they're left with when they put the book down. And I right. think also giving them a chance to see the characters from a different angle and, and offer, you know, because it's always going to be different. I, I've definitely learned that. And, <laughs> and, and actually it's quite fun because when you're reading a book, obviously you're in their head. So it's, it's just fun to be able to see them, yeah. you know, from the outside and, and takes all, all of us having a shared vision of what the story should look like. Yeah, I know what you mean. And final question then. Reese Witherspoon obviously has produced this. She's doing such important work for women through what she's doing, women in film, but also the female audience watching it as well. What's she like? Is she on set? I mean, is she a producer who's there, you know, with you in Louisiana shooting this? Yeah, she came to visit, which was really surreal and so cool. It was so cool to see her see the set because I, I know particularly with Kai's shack the first time I saw it I was like oh my gosh that is lifted from my head. Right. So it was really cool to see her and see little Jojo who plays little Kaya who's just an incredible actor so yeah I agree I think what Louise is doing with her production company is so important and she really does want to support women and put them at the forefront of stories and also you know celebrate them behind the camera as well and give them lead roles so yeah she's she's very cool. Desi, thank you so much. Congratulations on Brother Crawl. I can't wait for everybody to go and see it. Thank you. Nice to see you. <laughs> Listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave show on todayfm.com. Dermot and Dave. Weekday mornings from nine on Today FM.